Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. You look up in the air and you see that phoenix rising from the ashes. It's time to fly. Welcome back to the Phoenix Flash Podcast. I'm your humble host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. From the, I want to keep saying from the Brain Buster Boys podcast, but that's not it. I'm from the band from Ringside Podcast. <laughs> that other guy over there, the Big Daddy Cool of the, the uh, a duo, if you will. If I'm going to be HBK, obviously, that's got to be Big Daddy Cool. If you've seen him in real life, you know how tall he is. Brett Jager from the Brain Buster Boys. Brett, what's going on? Tell me something good, baby boy. For big sexy, I mean, come on, but uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Big sexy oh, man. It is what's it's good to be back here. That's what's good. Uh, back, uh, taking flight again with you, Mr. Bell. And uh, yeah, we as we were just talking off air, um, had my last weekend at work this weekend before I moved down to Louisville, so did some uh, celebratory drinks a couple of nights. So, uh, been lagging a little bit today, but I'm feeling good now and ready to talk talk some Japanese wrestling that's my boy getting bouncing right back from the heavy drinking yeah nothing wrong with a good night of heavy drinking if you want to do back to back nights I ain't mad at you about that either but yes Brett is correct we are back for the fourth episode we are going to talk a little professional wrestling on the Japanese side um Battle in the Valley. We're going to talk a little Keiji Muto Last Love card. Uh, sprinkle in a little stardom. Uh, they announced their March 4th show, which is a loaded show. They've announced the Cinderella tournament brackets. I have those written down. New Japan, for me, is kind of taking a break a little bit. Uh, they're doing their CM- CMLL tour. Um, not necessarily something. Yeah, have you watched the- have you watched any of that? Do you plan on watching any of that? I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched it since I started watching New Japan, like four or five years ago, probably more than longer than that. And it never really appealed to me. Um, it's not a knock. Well, they haven't done. Yeah, they haven't done it since COVID. I'm pretty sure. So it's been a bit. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I haven't really. Years. I I haven't really watched much of it either. But I'll probably peek in on a match or two here or there. I've seen cage match rating a couple pretty well and there's some interesting like teams going on and some of the guys from CMLL CMLL I'm not familiar with so you know always like seeing some new uh people but uh yeah I'll, I'll probably watch a little bit and if something uh catches my eye particularly I'll let you know now I was gonna say uh T-Time obviously has LIJ ties and as as an LIJ mark I, I should be watching his matches in particular, but for whatever reason, I think it's just the, the, the lack of familiarity with the CM 
LL talent. Say that five times fast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I just I think that's the main reason I just don't watch or I haven't watched uh, from the start, neither here nor there. We're going to talk uh, New Japan Cup. Their brackets have come out, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to sprinkle in a little TJPW, uh, their Max Hart tournament. Uh, final was a couple weeks ago. We'll talk about that. And then the homework assignment that Brett laid on me a, a couple weeks ago, which was, I don't know where he comes up with this shit sometimes, but just the fact it that, was that it was actually this past Monday or yeah, it was Monday. Monday. Cause it was when we were, we were recording brain buster boys. I got, and this seems to be a theme here. Got a little tipsy and, uh, <laughs> Actually, so so much so that uh, Bo and I saw for only the second time in 98 episodes. But anyway, just to get, I was out with a friend. We were having a great day. We ended up having a couple of beers, had a beer at my brother's, you know, got a nice little buzz. I'm like, well, we're about to record. May as well just let this ride. And then it's like, all right, how do I get pumped up? Watch some 2000s Noah and 90s All Japan. So yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll be talking a little uh, Kenta versus Katsuhiko Nakajima, I believe, from March of 2009 for the GHC Heavyweight Title, and it is a doozy. No, it's it's actually the Junior Heavyweight Title. Um, they were wrestling it, for, if I'm, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. I, if that if I didn't say that, that's what I meant to say is the Junior Heavyweight Title. Yeah, that's the reason why it for me personally watching it. Looking at Nakajima, especially, I'm like, that kind of looks like him, but it, it don't really look. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is it? Are you sure it's the same guy? <laughs> it don't look and like he was only him. only like 22 or something at Jesus that point, you know? Christ. Like, he's just been performing at such a high level for Noah for so long. Such but, a yeah. baby back then. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway. Yes, we will talk about that here in a little bit. But first, um, I guess let's talk about a little Japan uh, and the Battle in the Valley. We'll start with that. Didn't change the music, so we're just going to stick with what we had before because it's still kind of about the switchblade. Yeah. In a roundabout sort of way, but not really a a huge way because we'll talk about that in a little bit. There's a couple other matches that I thought were overshadow Jay White versus Eddie Kingston, even though they did up the ante a bit on the Eddie Kingston Jay White match, where now both guys had an opportunity to get the boots out of New Japan. If Jay White lost, obviously, he would get the boot out of New Japan all the way around from New Japan proper and New Japan of America. If Eddie loses, Eddie would lose any opportunity to wrestle New Japan talent in the New Japan ring, basically being booted out of New Japan of America, too. So some added extra steps to that match. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do want to talk about first what I thought was the biggest match of the show. And in my opinion, the match that I rated the highest. So I want to start with that. 
Let's go with the women's match for the IWGP Women's Championship. You had Mercedes Monet in her first match in the New Japan ring for the New Japan banner going against Kyrie. Kyrie's second defense of the IWGP Championship. Her first was against Tom Nakano. We talked about that briefly on one of the first episodes of the PSP. Not a big fan. Had to be briefly because the match was so brief. (laughs) Right, right. I was getting ready to say that that was my biggest argument against the match itself that it was very very short i don't even think it broke 10 minutes Kyrie obviously retained but i thought they left a lot of meat on that bone the first time around the second time around there was not a lot of meat on this bone they went 26 47 on this bad boy i thought this really made up for the first match that they had they at least they tried to have but fairly unsuccessfully mercedes monet defeats Kyrie to win the IWGP women's title, like I said, in 26 minutes and 47 seconds. I thought this was a really good match. I wasn't sure what we were going to get into at first. Um, Kyrie coming out last as the champion, I thought was a smart move just because Mercedes Monet is feels like the bigger star and she came out with a, as a big a more of a bigger entrance you know Hana Kimura themed uh gear the whole nine yards yeah. she had the dancers coming out so it just felt yeah. like it was a more of a she was more of the bigger star they made her entrance feel like a bigger deal I wasn't sure if she was going to win but she did win like I said I thought this was probably the match of the night I gave it a four and a quarter stars Brett what'd you think yeah, this was awesome. Um, I maybe a slight step under the Kyrie Mayu match, the inaugural championship match. Um, to decide but no, the winner. Yeah, I, I went four and a half on that. I also went four and a quarter on this one. But yeah, it didn't feel like twenty-seven minutes. I thought you know they kept it. It kept me engaged. Um, you know, mercy. Had some ever so slight rust, but like that was knocked off quick. <laughs> I thought she looked great. Um, loved the Hana tribute gear. Now um, rain maker, um, but yeah, just really good stuff. You know, I, I loved kind of the sign of respect at the end. Uh, you know, emotions that were very real. You know, this was Mercedes' first match, first major match outside the WWE brand, so. You know, this is a big spot for her. Like, she's the reason this show sold out. And they delivered, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think she hit, like, that big belly-to-belly at one point. That Mm -hmm. was awesome. The crowd was was just really into it. Um, Yeah, just great pace. Good shit, yeah. Just a very, very solid, good match. And like you said, kind of. Going to take some of the stink off that uh, Wrestle Kingdom match a little. Bit. Yeah, especially in the, for the uh, for Kyrie. I'm just not sure, you know, what's next for her, especially because yeah. I think she she feels like more of a a special attraction, more like a Kodo Bushi would feel like whenever he decides he's going to grace us back with his presence here in uh, in a little bit. But I really thought it was important because if you're going to have this IWGP Women's Title actually means something that you're going to have to put you know investment into it 
I didn't think they did it, obviously, the first time around. This time around, I thought they did a really good job of making it feel like, you know, even though it wasn't the last match, but it was, you know, it was labeled as a main event. You know, they came off as a double main event. This came first, obviously. It got the, you know, the most uh, time on the card. So in this scenario, I thought they really made an effort to invest into the title itself put it on a champion that that i'm pretty sure that they had designs on becoming the champion at some point right away is fine with me i get it now obviously the question is what's next if you haven't been watching it if you haven't shame on you Azumi has thrown her name into the ring as one of her first challengers. I believe this was leading up to the 3-4 show on Stardom. They were doing a Triangle Derby press conference. The finals of the Triangle Derby is going to be on the March 4th show. But at that same press conference, Azumi put Mercedes Monet's name in her mouth. And now she's thrown out the challenge. It's not been official yet, but... If it does happen, it would probably be the Segura Genesis show. I believe that is uh, the 4-8 show. That would be the final of, well, not even a final, but um, the New Japan Cup winner would face Okada in theory as long as Okada wrestles and holds on to the title. And at that very same show, you would have Mercedes Monet versus Azumi. I heard you... Exclaim excitedly about the possibility of an Azumi Mercedes Monet match. Give me your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, how could we? How could you not? I mean, from what we've seen from Azumi, she's incredible. I mean, twenty years old, she's only going to get better. She's already so good. You know, their styles seem to mesh quite well. You know, Azumi's <clears throat> she's like the perp. She can do everything. She can fly. She can do technical wrestling. She's got good psychology, good selling. So, yeah, sign me the fuck up for this. And, I mean, just the possibility of all the stardom stars that, you know, Mercedes could come in contact with. I mean, I know beyond that, it's already kind of rumored that Mayu Iwatani mm-hmm. could be after that. I think it's like a late April stardom show. So, bring it on. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going to bring out yeah. Mayu Iwatani. Oh, and, you know, I thought... No, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm with you. Like, yeah, it's it's awesome, and uh, we'll see what happens. Just because I thought Mayu would be someone that they could pair Mercedes up with, because obviously, like you said, Mayu was one of the finals of the original uh, tournament to decide the IWGP Women's Champion. Obviously, her and uh, Kyrie wrestled to decide the winner. That would make obvious sense. I just think that if Mercedes is going to go through the stardom roster or, you know, you pick two or three women for her to cross paths with, Azumi, I think, makes a lot of sense just because Mercedes has fondness for her. Now you have, you know, Azumi calling her out. So this makes sense. Mayu makes a ton of sense because, like you said before, she lost to uh, Kyrie beforehand. Now it's a chance to maybe get the title that she hasn't uh, had before, you know, I think that it feels like at least during the Triangle Derby that Mayu has kind of been spinning her wheels. I've been kind of waiting for something to kind of pop up. And then obviously the news with 
a possible match with Mercedes Monet has popped up. So I think that might be something that's going to come down, down, down the line. Julia, obviously we can play the title for title game. If you wanted to go that route, you know, roll out a 30 minute barn burner match and be done with that. Um, there's a, there's a couple more other starlight kid maybe, but uh, I would like to see her and Azumi have their, high-speed title match first before we even get to that route. I would say the winner might end up getting uh, a piece of um, Mercedes Monet as well. There's just so many different possibilities, at least on the Japanese side. We haven't even talked about America yet because at some point she's going to come back to America with this title, and I think we'll have some matches with that as well. Jamie Hayter would be someone that I'm thinking of off the top of my head that would be an amazing Good match guy. as well. Uh, Jamie Hader obviously has stardom ties, and you, now we're seeing Mercedes Monet kind of going through stardom. Anybody else that I've that I've possibly forgotten about for a dream match for Mercedes? And, uh, or Shiri, mm-hmm. you Tommy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shiri might try to kick her head off it. Pretty hard to not include those two in this conversation. This is very true. This is very true. Shuri's my girl, and I'm surprised I didn't say that. And Utami's the same way. I think I'm kind of waiting for Utami to kind of, you know, not weasel her way back to the the top of the card, but just finagle her way. Better choice of words. It's been. The, I mean, go ahead. Oh, that was weird. that was a weird like sound. I was gonna say. Uh, her and uh, excuse me, her and Julia match. Like I can't recall one that's happened. There's probably been one that, but can you remember like a big high profile singles match that those two have had in the past few years? My guess is, if I had to take one, it would have to been when Utami was champion. But that would that's, yeah, that's been a, at least two years ago. Well, and um, Julia had the white belt you know, a lot of that time as well. Right. So I'll, I'll look that up as we're kind of talking, but that's off topic here, but that's gotta be a match that they've, that stardom got to have in mind at some point this year. Depending on how long, even if, it, if Mercedes doesn't hold on to the IWGP championship for a relatively long time, I'd, I agree with you, Utami, Shuri, two girls that I would love to see Mercedes Monet cross paths with. But neither here nor there. Let's get back on topic. Uh, let's jump to the top of the uh, Ballad of Valley card. We had the curtain jerker with Kushida, Kevin Knight, DKC, and Volador Jr. versus Josh Alexander, Rocky Romero, Adrian Crest, and Masca- Mascara Dorada, a.k.a. Grand Metalik, for those who watched WWE back in the day. I thought this was a really good curtain jerker. Uh, two, two things that I took away from it. Number one, um, Rocky Romero kind of feeling a little heelish, kind of acting a little heelish. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I, I met Rocky uh, at one of the local shows here a few months back. Really cool guy. And uh, Oh, nice. And uh someone I have on the wish list for a PSP interview somewhere down the line, but uh, Rocky was healing it up, and I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen a heel Rocky Romero. I kind of dug that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the second so th- I, I watched, he, sorry, he had a singles match with Volador in CMLL where he won whatever championship it was, the junior something or Walter other. Wade, I think I, it is. I watched, 
Yeah, yeah. I watched it because it was just seeing it was really good. And, yeah, he was a straight heel the whole match, and it was awesome. So, Okay. Um, I could send you the link to that if you're interested in checking that. But, yeah, this was obviously a continuation of that. Um, But, yeah, sorry, what was the other thing you said that kind of stuck out to you? The Kushida post-match with the, the hoverboard lock on Josh Alexander, uh, not resulting in the finish, but Kushida not yeah. letting it go. Basically, like, like a dog on bone, was not going to let Josh Alexander out of the uh, the hoverboard lock with ease. So there was a tease. I did watch the backstage comments. Uh, both sides, Josh Alexander, Kushida, kind of teasing uh, a possible match at the multi- Multiverse of Matches. I believe that is a March 30th uh show yeah. yeah this is a thursday because it's i'm pretty sure that i'm pretty sure that match is official okay then, then i was gonna really yeah. say if that if it wasn't then it, it needs to be because that feels like that would be a nice bridge for josh alexander to probably retain and then if you watch impact steve macklin is the next oh guy yeah up. so that About would be time. yeah it's been a, it's <laughs> a whole nother story for another time yeah. uh, <laughs> i say i can really get off track on that <sighs> my guess is that kushida is the bridge from one match to the other where steve macklin yeah. ultimately gets the winner probably josh alexander but yeah that was the two things that i took away from the curtain joker i thought was really good um 11 22 was the running time kushida kevin knight dkc and volador jr get the dub over i want don't even want to call him the heels because three <laughs> of the four of them aren't heels just rocky romero was showing his ass a little bit post-match though there was a post-match angle as well where rocky romero and volador jr basically have kind of oh, yeah. set up a possible hair versus hair match for the cm LL, uh, I want to call it junior heavyweight, welterweight, whatever you want to call it, same concept. So it looks like we're going to have a hair versus hair match, which is kind of interesting as well. I noticed Rocky Romero was kind of growing his hair out a little bit. I'm just saying. Thoughts on anything on the curtain jerker? Yeah, love that. I believe that's called a lucha de apuesta when you either give up your mask or hair. So obviously a big you know thing in uh, lucha, lucha Libre wrestling. So yeah, very excited about that, and especially having seen this first match between the two. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one other thing, the DKC they mentioned, I guess, kind of may have graduated because he was in different gear. You know, like Kevin Knight, all of a sudden was the Jet and was wearing different gear, like mid tournament during the Junior Tag League. Yeah, but it's like what the hell does sounds that like mean? the DKC has? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like the DKC as well. So congrats to him. And yeah, I agree with you. This was just a really good, fun opener all around. Everyone, everyone looked good and played their part well. Kevin Knight is the Jet for real. And I'm, we'll talk about him in a little bit. I'm not going to give too much away. But yeah, I, I, I like Kevin Knight a lot. It, it has nothing to do with his skin color. Oh, yeah. he, just, he can jump out of the fucking building. <laughs> <laughs> like Kevin Knight. So before he's, before he's someone stud. says Bill, before you say that, I know you. I know how you think. God damn it! It's because he can jump out of the building. He's like Montez Ford on freaking steroids. Next up, you have the. Uh, ne- I'm sorry, the 
open weight, strong open weight championship match with Kenta versus Fred Rosser. Funny that we're talking about it because it's on my TV screen as we speak. 16.31 was the running time. We have a title change. Kenta with some fuckery going about because that's how Bullet Club does. He takes the strong open weight title off of Fred Rosser, like I said, in 16.31. Um, Good, not great. Nothing too crazy here. Um, Juice Robinson was the catalyst there i say gets the assist on the the pinfall he helps uh kenta win the uh, the match taking out fred rosser throwing him back in the ring to help kenta set up the pinfall and win the strong open weight championship i gave it three and a half stars like i said good not great nothing that I hadn't seen before, but I do like the fact that Fred Rosser did get a chance to get a strong open weight a title run off of uh, Tom Lawler, who basically built that title up from the ground up, the first and the longest strong open weight champion. We'll talk about him, obviously, in a little bit. But thoughts on Kenta becoming champ and the match itself? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this. I went three seven five. I liked the intensity of it. You know that you know, or roster like just went out in the crowd and it's like, come on, let's brawl. So, you know, I thought <laughs> that kind of gave it that extra gear for, and I'm not, I don't watch new Japan strong a ton. Uh, not as much as I should, but you know, yeah. we, wa- we watch a lot of shit, but, uh, I agree with you. Happy that roster, you know, deservedly got this run, you know, had a nice run with the belt. I thought this match was good, you know? He lost via some fuckery, as you said, but I did enjoy this, and I thought it was, you know, a unique matchup between these two. Um, but yeah, the Juice Robinson thing very interesting because you know he's now signed to AEW technically, right. even though they've barely used him. Right. But I, this this makes me think he's at least going to still be involved in New Japan, at least here in America, because obviously this was a pretty big angle for technically their highest belt for New Japan Strong. Um, so I like that because I'm a Juice Robinson fan and, you know, I'd like to still see him involved. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was uh, pretty good stuff. No, I, I like Juice Robinson too. And, and I know we talked about Juice, I think it was the very first episode of how I fell in love with New Japan and his angle with oh, uh, yeah. Jay White where uh, yeah. he had the broken hand or whatever. And, you know, he overcome that to, to win that uh, U.S. championship, I was just like, okay, you know, I, I love me some New Japan. That's pretty much where the hook was really sunk into the mouth. I want to see more of uh, Juice Robinson. I, I, one of my biggest complaints about AEW is just their roster is just too big. And even with yep. uh, ROH starting their TV tapings, I still think it's just it's just so many people on their roster. No, there's not enough movement. There's not enough TV time for everybody to get on, get over, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that Juice Robinson should be the you know the, the one to defeat Okada by any stretch of the imagination, or you know beat um, whoever the, uh, the MJF and uh, <laughs> AEW or whatever the case may be. But I do think that Juice Robinson does have some value to him, especially in the mid card where you can have him you know chase after the TNT title, the never uh, open weight title, things along those lines. If you want to call you know the strong openweight championship, a mid-card title, so be it, you know, it's not necessarily what it's supposed to be, but neither here nor there. Juice Robinson, ultimately, like I said, has value, and I, I would love to see more of him, and according to Fred Rosser, we're going to see more of him, because Fred Rosser I, owes him a receipt. 
I was just going to say, yeah, I assume we're going to get a match between those two. So that's tight. And uh, I think Kenta as champion is exciting. And, you know, seeing him with that belt on the Impact show last or a couple nights ago was cool. And I love Kenta. You know, his New Japan career, he's a bit, you know, came in that first G1. He was treated like a big deal. He's had, you know, many matches with Tanahashi. He's done a lot of kind of comedy stuff too, like power, <laughs> power walk into the ring. Like he's a funny dude. Um, you know, when he had his book come out and there was all the shenanigans with that. So yeah, I'm just happy to see him uh, get a, I believe this is his first new Japan singles title, right? So, I believe so yeah, yeah, maybe even title at all. I don't think he's won. Maybe like an, I can't think of even a never six man he would have won. I would, yeah, that, was, that would that would be a cage match. Search. Did he ever win the U, Did he ever win the U.S. title? I don't think he because he fought Tanahashi a few times over it. But anyhow. no, he lost. He, no, he did, I don't think he won the U.S. title. I'm gonna say he, he lost to Moxley when they yeah. were on strong, and that was a big deal right when the pandemic that started. Match, that match was tight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he has. I don't so. think so either. I was about to say, I think I have cage match on my. Uh, oh, and as you're pulling that, that I did there did not after a quick search did not appear to be a singles match between you, Tommy and Julia. Period. Wow. At least in start, at least in stardom, yeah. I did a quick search, not to go back to that, but yeah, that's crazy. I did. I'm very very surprised about that. I would. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't think of one at least in the last like two years that I've been a year and a half that I've been following because yeah they were both champions at the same time and you know yeah, they don't yeah, do I the guess that makes sense no I guess title for sense. title too often that, that makes sense okay um, we'll get back to Kent here in a little bit I'm looking it up right now um, next matchup you had the West Coast Wrecking Crew versus the Motor City Machine Guns for the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships definitely looking forward to this match. Like I said, I've been kind of off and on with New Japan Strong, but I do remember seeing West Coast Wrecking Crew. They're obviously a part of uh, Team Filthy with Tom Lawler. Um, I know that we've seen um, Royce Isaacs go over to Japan with Tom Lawler when Tom was in the G1. I I thought he uh, had some good performances there, but I always thought that, you know, the West Coast Wrecking Crew was the thing, and I was kind of waiting for them Fingers crossed to kind of beat the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Unfortunately, that ain't happening. Nine minutes and 21 seconds, the Motor City Machine Guns retain. In a bit of a short match, I get when I was writing it down, I'm writing the times down and the card or whatever this afternoon, I was like, yeah, this was kind of short. But considering where this match is sandwiched in between, I kind of get it, but I'm still not a huge fan of it. I gave it three and a half stars because I thought the match itself was still really good and good enough to get it to three and a half. My knee jerk reaction was giving it a three and a quarter just because it was short and it felt like it left something on the table, not even for a rematch, but just it could have just went longer, five, ten minutes longer. Three and a half stars for me on West Coast Wrecking Crew versus Motor City Machine Guns, even though Motor City Machine Guns did retain thoughts on the match. Well, real quick, I did get our Kenta info, and we, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> he won the never open weight title off Ishii at the original Royal Quest. So I think that was the match he like got a concussion in or something. Like something weird <laughs> happened in that match. Um, he ended up losing it to Godo, and then he did win the U.S. 
title at Power Struggle 2021, and then that Wrestle Kingdom no DQ match he lost to Tanahashi. So his third singles title in New Japan. But uh, thank God for cage match. <laughs> oops. Um, but I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on this match. Like it was fine for what it was, but yeah, like there was, seemed to be more juice left to squeeze. I went three and a quarter. Just wasn't really enough to like get me into the match, but yeah, it was good work. Uh, you know, I love the Motor City Machine Guns. I kind of thought they'd maybe do a title change here, but mm. I'm not upset that they didn't because we still got the Motor City Machine Guns as double champs, which I love, and they've had a heck of a run in the last year or so. But uh, yeah, agree with you. Fine match, but nothing really, nothing to write home about here. Um, if you haven't watched uh, the backstage comments for the Battle of the Valley. And I'm not just saying I have, you. I have not. No, I'm not, I, I wasn't not. saying you, but just you yeah. as in Brett, but just anyone in particular. Yeah. Um, this was a really good uh, backstage promo from uh, both uh, Nelson and uh, Royce Isaacs. It was, it, it was, it brought a little bit of the realism that you always want to see from professional wrestlers talking about, you know, stuff that's happening in their real lives. And then, you know, weaving into that, weaving that into what's happening in their professional wrestling lives. If you didn't get the chance to look at it, go check it out. The whole uh, backstage comments uh, section is like 30 minutes for Battle of the Valley, so it's not even going to take you that long. But this that backstage promo really stuck out. I won't spoil it because I think it's really good. If, you, if anybody hasn't seen it, you should go check it out. For me, it just... Re uh, reaffirms my love for West Coast Wrecking Crew, and hopefully someday they'll be strong open weight tag team champions at some point. Next up, you had Eddie Kingston versus Jay White, like we already kind of talked about before. The setup is basically loser gets the boots from New Japan in 1907. Eddie Kingston beats Jay White clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, damn, you know, so Jay White's really gone, gone. Jay White's gone, gone. I'm sitting there, you know, I'm trying to, you know, let this soak in. Kudos to Eddie Kingston. Even post-match, he was like, you know what, it's not about me. Shut off my music. You know, let's give some love love to Jay White because he's on the way out the door. As much as Bill hates Eddie Kingston, I give Eddie Kingston all kinds of credit just for that simple fact that it, he made sure that Jay White was going to get his flowers on the way out, but that didn't happen. <laughs> the swerve of the night. One oh, David Finley comes from the ashes like the Phoenix and wraps Jay White over the head and cuts a scorched earth promo for the ages. Oh. Post match, <laughs> I'm like, damn! Uh, you gotta go bent up hostility, huh, David? Hmm. Uh, you want to talk David. about it? <laughs> go ahead, good speak on it, man. Talk uh, about let's, 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 let's talk about David Finley first, because I was about to say I think we kind of beat Jay White into yeah, yeah. a little bit. We know he's gone. We've already talked about where he might possibly go. That's fine. Eddie Kingston, great. Kudos on the win. Let's talk about David Finley because for me, that was the swerve of the night. Didn't see it coming. Had no idea he was even in the building. And then the next thing you know, he lays out Switchblade just when Switchblade was might have been turning baby face. Maybe. Yep. 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 Yeah. I fucking loved it. Um, 
Yeah, this was amazing. David Finley coming out of nowhere. You know, he that incredible match he had with Osprey last year for the U.S. title, like he showed a heel side. Mm-hmm. Like he was the heel the back end of that match after he busted his hand with the shillelagh. Like he was playing heel and he was awesome. And that was a five-star match for me. And like we, he had a breakout G1. He beat Osprey. He beat Shingo. I remember he got one other big win. You know, he had that. He was a New Japan Cup semifinalist in 2021. You know, beat Jay White for the first time in his career. And I love that, you know, there's so much history between David Finley and Jay White. They came up together as young lions, and Jay White completely overshadowed him. So now this is his time. Like, fuck you, Jay White. I don't give a shit about you or that you're gone. This is my time. And, yeah, I loved every second of it. Yeah, like, fuck you, fuck California. I don't even remember. But when he just said fuck California, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. you just don't give a fuck about nobody. He's like, you know, when I'm in the States, I'm Irish. When I'm in Ireland, I'm American. When I'm in J- Japan, I'm Gaijin. I'm always the outsider. And that was the, that to me, that line was the crux of the whole, I guess, post-match promo where he was just ripping everybody and i totally get it if for if you're david finley you just want to be a part of something and feel a part of something and you and everywhere you go you're not a part of anything and he's always you know a, a backstage you know visitor to jay white and all the you know all jay white's glory and all that other good stuff i totally get it like i said for me i didn't see this coming but man i'm glad he came out and just racked jay white over the head david finley might be the most hated man in new japan right about now (laughs) so good yeah um what a way to make an impact with the new japan cup on the horizon we'll uh, get more into that but I do want to talk about the match briefly. Yep. This was my match. This was my match of the night. Four and a half stars. I just think it was an awesome Jay White performance. You know, he was kind of up to his old shit in the beginning, and then he was getting his ass beat. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of flipped the switch. He's like, you know what, motherfucker? I can throw hands too. <laughs> and just with that added stipulation... You know, like the Hikaleo match with the stipulation did get me more invested because, like, yeah, I think we all kind of thought he was going to lose. But, you know, like we talked last time, they could have kept him in New You know, he could have stayed in New Japan and been the, you know, the linchpin of this American brand. Like, it was possible. So, you know, part of me, I mean, I still wanted to see him win, you know, as much as I love Eddie Kingston. Um, But, yeah, I just I love the match. I was hooked in. Um, Kingston was awesome and yeah like you said so cool to kind of let him have the moment until David Finley spoiled it but (laughs) not not something you would expect out of Eddie Kingston though for real Um, so yeah kudos to him and he was awesome great baby face performance Um, yeah I love the match good shit and farewell Jay Uh, hopefully we see you in WWE because as we said earlier AEW ain't gonna use you right Mm-mm, not at all I gave it four stars um, like I said it, it was really really good just fucking David Finley. <laughs> is David Finley gonna be uh, is David Finley gonna be the leader of Bullet Club there is no leader there, I know it, I mean he took out essentially the de facto head that's the question. You know, we'll, Bullet Club certainly interesting right now. Very, I mean, very interesting. I don't see them imploding, but I definitely think they they need a they need a leader of some sort. 
God, if it's evil, I'm going to jump off this fucking apartment building roof. I swear to God, it better not be evil. Gato, don't don't fuck with me, man. I know you listening. I know you listening. Do not fucking do it. You will have a fucking revolution on your hands that you would not believe. Remember the, remember when you put that title on them? Put the double titles on them? Remember that? Motherfuckers weren't too happy about that shit. Let's just let this shit ride. Please don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. Next up, we had Homicide versus Tom Waller in a fifth filthy rules match um basically no ropes no ring posts no nothing uh, you had a mat and they just got it on 16 22 running time tom lawler gets the win in a submission I, i'm okay with this i mean i'm glad to see yeah. tom lawler back I'm, I'm a huge tom lawler guy obviously brett knows this one of our first times we met um the first time we met I basically lost my shit when I saw Tom Waller come down. out and have a great match against uh, Davey Richards. I thought it was the, one of the better matches that we saw before the Forbidden Door oh, show yeah. itself. Neither here nor there. Uh, like I said, Tom Waller gets the win, 16-22. I gave it three and a half stars. Homicide is what he is. I mean, I think this match was kind of tailored towards him more so than, than the Tom Waller. But like I said, anytime I see Tom Waller on my screen in the match, I'm good with it. Like I said, three and a half stars. Yeah, three and a half for me as well. It was fun for what it was. You know, like I said, I don't watch a ton of strong, so I didn't really have much investment in this, but also love Tom Waller. You know, homicides, like you said, he is who he is. You know, I I need to go back and watch some of his, like, old Ring of Honor shit. I've seen a little bit, but you know. the guy's obviously great. He could go. Yeah. But, yeah, just at this point, you know, just wasn't it was fine it was a brawl it was something different no ropes not as good as the kenny king mike bailey match no. that they recently did like that that was awesome but yeah just a solid three and a half star brawl no complaints here fun stuff now it was it was good uh just to kind of have it on the match itself like you said it was just it was different than anything else you had on the match and, and in that scenario no yeah. problem with that Speaking of a little yep. different, uh, next up you had Clark Connors versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the World TV Championship. Zack Sabre Jr.'s second title defense. Um, 15 minute time limits, always uh, something that you have to keep in mind. And that this one came close to that 15 time minute, 15 minute time limit again. 14:06 was the running time. Bell to bell. Zack Sabre Jr. retains over Clark Connors. Um, Clark Connors funny. I wouldn't even say it was funny uh, in his backstage uh, promo was saying that he was out of shape and he wouldn't let this happen again. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you were out of shape for this match? There's man, look, please. Fucking <laughs> I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> Just say, stay off the carbs, dirty. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Clark Connors, I've always thought was somebody that is is going to be a junior champion, maybe a future world TV champion down the line. I think his ceiling is very, very high. I just think it's one of those times where it's going to have to be right place, right time, especially in, in the New Japan junior division. You have the three-headed monster with Ishimori, uh, excuse me, uh, Hiromu, and Desperado, obviously, Desperado's not really in the junior division, but at any given point, he can be plugged right back in. Clark Connors would have to do some uh, hoop jumping 
to get to that point. Master Waddle, I would think, would be in his way as well at this point. I would I expect Master Waddle to have a, a nice 2023 when it comes to the junior heavyweight this, uh, scene in New Japan. Neither here nor there. I thought Clark Connors looked good. I thought Zack Sabre Jr. plays an amazing 15-minute champion where – you just I don't know how you're going to beat him in 15 minutes. It's going to have to take yep. somebody that's that is like Zack Sabre Jr. that can pull a submission out of his ass at any given point. Zack Sabre Jr. might have a nice little run with this uh, World TV Championship, but neither here nor there. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, good good stuff here. 375 for me. You know, I think not quite as good as the Narita or Ishii matches, but still very good. I just love this championship. I love Zach as the holder. You know, like we talked about last time, it's like once you get to that 10-minute mark or so, you know, the switch flips, and it's like, ah, every, you know, backs up against the wall, both sides, really, because, you know, if you're Zach, you know he's going to be gunning for you. So you got to just try and get that quick submission or that quick Zach driver. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just – just the concept is really, really working as we've talked about. And yeah, Clark, heck of a performance here. You know, not, I don't think anyone thought he was actually going to win. Not quite his time yet, but you know, as we've talked about, we loved him at Forbidden Door. Like you said, the future is very bright for him. You know, I think he's a guy who's going to profile as a heavyweight down the line because he is, he's got that muscle frame, you know, he can, he can get big, he can bulk up. And I, I mean, he's already one of the, bulkier juniors as we see um but yeah i would like to see him kind of get more opportunities in the junior division because he is kind of a different he's more of that brawler brute style which we don't really have a ton of in that division um so yeah love clark connors love zach saber jr just good stuff um and i'm really really starting to dig the new tmdk uh song it is yeah, growing up. Fun, it's called Young Punks by Mass Line. Okay. Yeah. It, it perfectly fits Zach right now. And, no, good to know. I got to add that to my Spotify. And just the character that he's portraying. No, I, I do like it. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, like, but, uh, yeah. I like the whole TMDK faction. I love the fact that Zach Sabre Jr. is the quote unquote front man. It just, it's finally time for Zach Sabre Jr. to get some props in New Japan. He's been there long enough. He's paid his dues. You know, now he's gotten his first singles title. I wouldn't mind once again. Hey, Gato, as long as you're listening, why don't you dig up that IC title and bring that back up to life? He would be a great Intercontinental Championship uh, holder, but like I said, neither here nor there. Um, right now, I, I, I hope that Zack Sabre Jr. holds this for a while. I know that the rumor, well, not even a rumor, but the date for Forbidden Door 2 has come out. Uh, unfortunately, that won't be in the States this year. It will be in Japan, but I have no problem with that. I think you and I said it the the night of. Uh, my hope, my goal would be to have it one year here, have it one year there, yep. bounce it back and forth, back and forth. So this year, 2023 Enough. in June, I believe it's going to be Forbidden Door 2 is the rumored uh, circle date. I think it's the 26th or something like that. 24. Fourth, which I'm not upset about because I'm actually going to a concert that day. So it would have sucked like if it was a possibility to go again. 
Oh, like, yeah, that would it, suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you paid for the tickets already, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not too bummed if it's going to be in Japan, but. Uh, not at all. Yeah. No, I was going to say, um, I know. We'll we, find another. Well, I was going to say, we'll find another show to go to, but hell, we're going to Dynamite in a month. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say, so, yeah, we can cross that shit out. Um, I, know, I need to. I need to follow up about that third ticket. I'll do that this week. But fuck, I can't wait no, to go to no, St. Louis. That's, that's going to be a good time. I was going to say, all right, got the, uh, the request off, so I'm, I'm good to go on my end. Um, Hell yeah. I know that they, one of the matches I wanted to see last year for Forbidden Door was ZSJ versus Brian Danielson. Maybe, yes. maybe if Zack Sabre Jr. could hold it long enough, and if Brian Danielson would come on over to Japan, that would be the world TV title match that I would like to see and possibly somebody that could take it off of Zack Sabre Jr. In a 15-minute match, you're just going to wow. get nothing but chain wrestling, submission holds, yep. all kinds that of crazy shit. That would be fucking crazy. I wouldn't, Those I wouldn't two love... in a 15-minute time limit. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me could, the fuck up. They could have a five-star match in a 15 minutes <laughs> that's what i was good all right let's go to the main event here that was the one thing i was gonna be like you know could you have a five-star match in 15 minutes those two definitely could main event time yeah. um in 2108 you had okada retaining over tanahashi um good not great i'm not gonna sit here and say that this was their best match but i will say that i caught myself kind of getting into it more and more as the match went along thinking to myself this might be the one of the last times that Tanahashi gets a chance for the title he is getting a little long in the tooth that he do that he does still have in his mouth but you just never know and Tanahashi once again had me thinking maybe he might pull this off it's a real real long shot because apparently obviously we had Kaito Kiyomiya coming up here in a little bit and other matches coming down the line but the ace once again pulls out another great performance in his latter stages of his career but I think right now we're just in the age of Kazucha Okada again. We're in for a nice little long run, so you might want to settle in, get some popcorn ready, because I think the Rainmaker is going to make it rain for a good chunk of 2023. Okada retains over Tanahashi 2108. I gave it four stars. I already spoiled it all year and lose it to Will Osprey. <laughs> we know that um, but I went four and a quarter you know like you said far from their best matches but like these two could go out there and take a shit and it'd be a four star match um, yeah the crowd was really into it crowd was really into it and like you said this may be could, you know this might be Tanahashi's last chance at it I hope not. You know, I hope he, I doubt he's going to win it again, but you know, I'd st- he, he's someone that no matter who he's facing and when, like he brings it in these big moments and he does get you to make him want to win. I think better than any wrestler in the world today, maybe ever other than Kenta Kobashi, just that true baby face spirit of no matter what, like somewhat, somehow, some way, yeah. like, man, I want this motherfucker to win, even though I might not, but yeah, just a fun Fun, rock-solid match between these two. Nothing special compared to what they've done in the past, but really enjoyed it. Four and a quarter stars, and uh, 
yeah, it is uh, the era of Okada yet again. So post-match, obviously, Okada addresses the San Jose crowd. Um, he did say something that was, I guess, intriguing, and I just want to catch your thoughts on this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit. So Okada apparently says that he and Tanahashi should make a run at the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Obviously, that is held by Bishimon, Goto, and one Yoshihashi. Two-part question. Faction, his faction mates. Okay, that was the first question. Number one, <laughs> is, this a, a, is this a kosher thing by Okada to go after his own faction mates to get the IWGP tag team titles off of his faction mates and Bishimon? And two, is this going to actually happen? Are they going to actually put a match together where you would have the quote-unquote dream team of Okada and Tanahashi versus Bishimon? So I think they made the match. Shut up. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, yeah, it's on March sixth, the anniversary show. It say, is say the date again. Done. <laughs> you said the fifth or the it's sixth? March sixth, the anniversary the show. show. Okay, so that's the second night of six, three six. Okay, that's the second night of New Japan Cup. So, yeah, let me write that shit down, too. I'll be goddamn. You know, it, is it for it, the titles? It, yes. Goddamn! <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> hey, that's hey, how you know. That, that's how you know Okada, Okada is a heel. He's a heel now. <laughs> He's challenging his own faction mate. Wow. Or Yoshihashi. Like, come on. Yoshihashi probably in the corner like, hey, dude. Hey, man. What's, what, so, what's up, dog? Man, you, you, you look at good this. enough for one title? Look at my screen here. So the tweet here says, we're defending against who now? And it's <laughs> 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 for those listening, it's just a funny, very oh deadpan God. Yoshihashi face. Holy shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> who wants to challenge us? Yeah, I, so I always wanted Okada like this to happen when Okada wasn't the world champ, you right. know, cause they've had, they've had matches together as the dream team. I don't believe they ever challenged for the titles, but no. like always seemed like a perfect thing for him to do when he wasn't champ. Cause you know, he kind of always, I'm, I'm not going to say he gets lost in the shuffle cause he does not, but no, it's, he's the dealer. For Christ's never, sake. He's just never quite the same when he's not the champ. Right. So interesting that this is, happening officially i mean hard to say they're not gonna win but by god let's go bishamon baby yeah i was getting ready to say man look i gotta go kind of like the next motherfucker but i mean damn this is <laughs> this is like really that's hard <laughs> like, you're just gonna take old bishamon's titles away huh you're just gonna let them build it up and then have right. the makeshift tag team come in and swoop them up off, off their feet I would not be happy if that happens. I want to see a good match. I want to see Bishamon retain, and let's just move along. For me, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that this is just something to give Bishamon another notch on their belt, you know, another names on their checklist of guys that they've beaten, and we can just establish them as the tag team. But I'll be, I hope so. No, but I'm, yeah, very, very interesting development. And then, oh, I think I got a little bit of a lag here. But uh, 
But then we had more developments with uh, Mercedes coming out, and then mm. seeing like, oh, well, maybe we could be the dream team. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you don't sit so your ass down. That was a fun little ending with this. <laughs> I get it. Here's your picture op. Everybody's going, you know, get a picture of the IWGP champions. Yeah. Girl, we ain't doing no mixed tags around here. I can promise you that. All right? Now, if you going to tag with Okada, you better be ready to get hit by the both men and the women. There ain't going to be no mixed tag team challenge over here. I can promise you that shit. Anything that we miss on the Battle of Valley? I think we covered it all. Yeah, I think it was a pretty damn good show. You know, the crowd was great all night. And, uh, yeah, I'd say one of the better New Japan of America shows for sure. Yeah, that was good to say. This was uh, definitely worth the watch if you haven't watched it. No no time like the present. We've already kind of told you what the hell is going on. Now you get a chance to see it for yourself. But let's take a jump on over to... uh, Noah land here and talk about KG Muto's final and I'm going to use final in quotation marks final match it's announced as his final match and then this was a monster card three four seven four more is eleven so he had eleven matches on the card a huge Noah's show per usual this was about a five hour show I ordered it live I tried to grind my way through this bad boy i made it two-thirds of the way through by the time they were going to the second intermission your boy was pretty much laid out going to bed it was about 4 45 almost 5 central standard time in the morning on tuesday and i had to work a double at both jobs so i figured this was probably the time to go ahead and retire myself for the evening but well let me let me ask you this before we get in. Why why pick the music of a loser like that? <laughs> <laughs> Little brother, some would say. Holy shit. It's just, I, I don't know why I picked his music. It's just, you know, we just the whole car is named after him. You know, he had two matches in the night. You know, he lost twice, but that's okay. We're Wait, still in honor of anyway. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that Kaito's? That was not Kaito's song? No, that was... Was that Mudo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was going to be... Oh, okay. No, that's the whole reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. Okay. Kaito will get some love here. I thought it was was Kaito's. I guess I'm just... uh, confused but uh <laughs> well, don't hey, i'm gonna actually i'm actually gonna talk good on muto here today, i know so. and i was and yeah i was very very surprised so we're just gonna hold on to that for a little bit i want to i, I want to let you get you know harness all that good positive keiji muto vibe and then we're going to save that to for a little bit later because the fact that you even said that this was a good match when i talked to you afterwards i was like what Are, is this is this brett you sound like that brett i like it I liked it, <laughs> which was a very much a surprise to me. But let's jump to the top. We'll just we'll go through the uh, the pre show matches really quick. Uh, not much really to talk about. Well, there's a couple things to talk about. Um, Inamura and Yanu versus um, Daike Inaba and Masa Kitamiya. For those who don't watch Noah on the regular. Uh, Masa Kitamiya and Daiki Inaba are the new GHC Tag Team Champions. They won them off of Kojima and uh, Segura. I guess that was their the last show that they had. I guess uh, what was the name of that show? Jesus Christ. Um can't think of it. Anyway, uh, kind of a surprise. Kind of a surprising. Kind of a surprising win, if you ask me. Very much so. Uh, I thought the fact that uh, Segura and Kojima 
always kind of had that one hiccup in every match where somebody would kick the other one, somebody would punch the other one, always would have leave that door open to have somebody kick it in and take the titles off of them. And then obviously, Enaba and Masakita Mita were the ones to do so. Not much happening here. 721, uh, the tag team champions win in the opening uh, curtain jerker match. Uh, standard fare, not much happening here. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. You know, um, I think got a little bit of showcase of what these guys can do. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, you had the ladies coming up next. Um, yeah, this, this was, this was tight. Yeah. Um, Maki Ito, um, Mio Watatami, Mizuki, and Yuki arrive versus, ooh, excuse me, uh, Rika Tatsumi, uh, Nakajima, Shoko Nakajima. I better make sure I get that right because there's two Nakajimas running around here. <laughs> Yuka Zakazaki, the princess of princess champion, and who am I missing? Oh, uh, Yamasha. So you had an eight-woman tag, plenty of fucking... Uh, that was just a lot of shit going on here. 11.36 was the running time. The Sakazaki team wins in a fast-paced, really fun match. Another good showcase. Another time for the ladies to come out and have a match on a Noah card. Granted, it was the pre-show, but it's I will take that versus not having them on the card at all. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, I thought this was awesome. I actually went four stars on it. I thought it was cool how... You had teammates against each other. They kind of branded this as like the established champions team of Yamashita, Tatsumi, Shoko, and Yuka. You know, I believe they've all held the big belt against kind of the young and up-and-comers of Maki Ito, Miyu Watanabe, Mizuki, and Yuki Arai. Kind of the next wave of stars in TJP. Totally. And, yeah, and like you said, this was crazy fast-paced chaotic but like everyone looked great everyone got to showcase what they can do uh yeah would have been nice if it was on the main card but still glad it happened you know this is the fucking tokyo dome here too so like a lot of these people haven't performed in the tokyo dome because typically new japan is the only one who runs that building anymore so you know, I think this was a great showcase for the women. And yeah, what the second women's match in Noah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see. More, hopefully we'll get to see more of it. And uh, yeah, TJP Dub is uh, in a good place right now. Yeah, very much so. Slowly but surely, gaining more and more traction as as things go along. And obviously, we'll talk about them towards the uh, the back end of the pod. Uh, my second favorite faction in Noah, GLG, <laughs> good-looking guys taking on Segura, Timothy Thatcher, and Kojima in seven minutes fourteen seconds. GLG gets the win. I don't think it was a big deal. I just think for we'll talk about Jake Lee here in a little bit because I thought Jake Lee and Segura were going to be the ones to have a feud. But, but we were wrong. <laughs> it tends to happen from for me from time to time, but neither here nor there. Um, thoughts on GLG? I know you, we're, we're both GLG lovers. Uh, Anthony Green looked good. Uh, I thought J- Jake Lee looked good as well. Uh, Jack Morris, I think, is just the, the pretty boy of the group. He's the tr- For me, he's the true good-looking guy. I think he's got a really good high ceiling. I mean, I can see any of those guys being national champion. Well, I shouldn't say Anthony Green. I think Anthony Green is probably the least likely to be yeah. national champion. Um, but he's come, 
coming into his own a little he's, bit, you know. I yeah, think he's come a long way since I saw him in uh, WWE. He had a re- not a great N one like uh, Jack Morris had, but I thought he he, just, he yeah. had some standout matches, tag team and otherwise. So Anthony Green, I think it was a, a nice little addition to the Noah roster as well. Yeah, the match was short. You know, definitely here to put over GLG. Um, and yeah, obviously we'll have more to come on that later, but, uh, yeah, it was, the match itself was fine, but, uh, yeah, love GLG and you know why we love them? Cause we're a couple of GLGs ourselves, <laughs> baby. I didn't want to toot our own horn, but toot toot. So obviously you had this, uh, last love card in three stages. You had the pre-show matches that we talked about. I guess this is the start of the main card. I can't remember how they, uh, how they broke it down, but each match had a, a nice little, uh, se- not segue, but uh, concept to it for lack of a better word. So it was, it was nice how they did it. And the two intermissions in the five hour show, I ain't not going to, I ain't mad about that at all because that's a good time to get some munchy food in, go to the bathroom, do what you need to do. So the second part opens with, I guess it's Stinger and Peros del Mall, you know, combined together in this nice These little fucking assholes yet again. Yeah, right. <laughs> they they win again. Uh, Chris Ridgeway, Daga, Ita, Osa- Ogawa, and Hayata. Hayata coming back from injury. Good to have him back. Um, I think the junior tag, t- the, the, not the junior tag ties, the junior tag. Let's try this again. The junior heavyweight division. Miss Hayata. He needs to come back, get something going on that side of the fence, too. I would love to see him and uh, Amasca have a, uh, a title match, but neither here nor there. They went over Alejandro, Togi, um, Miyawaki. Let me read my handwriting. Yohei and Yoshika. Um, for six minutes, this was fine. I mean, ultimately, I think this was about setting up a, well, it sets up the tag team title match for the juniors, and you kind of broke up this stinger Peros del Mall group where you had Daga, Ita, and Ogawa going their one way, Hayata and Chris Ridgeway going their own other way. And obviously, after the implosion, they've challenged the tag team champions, who I guess is Ita and Ogawa. I don't know anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like those belts have moved so much in the last two months. Yeah, it's it's the free bird rule with these guys. Um, thoughts on the match? Yeah, like you said, it was six minutes. You know, these guys have just been bullying the likes of Alejandro and Milwaukee for what seems like months. But, you know, it's nice that I guess they've finally drawn a line. And we now know that, you know, Hyatt and Ridgeway are kind of be on their own. And I haven't seen a ton of Hyatt. I've kind of heard mixed reviews. You know, I know he's had the junior title quite a bit. Um, but Ridgeway's a guy I really like. You know, I've seen a couple of his matches in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously seen some of his Noah stuff. So, uh, yeah, anything to shine a little bit more light on that guy. Um, so, yeah, this was fine. Yeah, uh, I was introduced to Chris Ridgeway in progress as well and, and kind of fell in love with his, uh, his strong strong style, just kicks, strikes, the whole shebang. So, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Someone yeah. I, w- I would like to see more of, uh, <laughs> especially if he can keep him healthy and keep him in Japan. Uh, next up, you had a, a DDT showcase match, eight-man tag. Um, I just, I'm going to try it anyway because I, I have no Here, idea. I, I got you. Mao, Shuma, Katsumata, Toy Kojima, and Yuki Ueno defeat Tetsuya Endo. These, so these next two guys I've, ne- I've never even seen. Yeah, Yuya right. Kuroko 
Hideki Okatani, and then this guy I have, Takeshi Masada. Nine minutes, six seconds. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, obviously I don't watch a lot of DDT. I know a couple of the guys in this match. Uh, I've seen Mal, uh, familiar with Endo and uh, Yuki Uno. Um, yeah. But I guess it's, uh, that was the biggest problem with this match for me personally is because I don't watch enough Noah to really figure out what's going on. Is there a plot to that I'm not seeing? Um, this was fine. Three and a quarter stars. Yeah. I gave that and the Chris Ridgeway uh, eight-man tag, both three and a quarter stars. Good, not great. Yeah. It wasn't anything that I was mad to watch, but it just for me personally, for not watching enough DDT, I couldn't really get into the match. The match itself was fine. Like I said, I just, yeah. I was waiting for them. I always was thinking, am I missing something? Did I miss something? And I'm, you know, for any other matches, you know, I'm usually like, okay, look for this, watch for that. For this, I was just had to be like, okay, let's just, you know, stay awake. What yeah, let's just stay awake because I know Congo's coming up here in a little bit. That's what I was thinking. So I was like, you know, just stay awake, just stay oh, awake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the match was fine, and even, you know, I do watch a good amount of DDT, but like I said, I didn't hadn't really seen two of these guys, but didn't really, I don't really know if there is a storyline going on here, you know, I know Ueno and Endo, they kind of might be building something between those two, but yeah, similarly, like, I thought, I probably, I thought this was a better match than the last match, mm. but even then, yeah, just Good action, but nothing I got too into. Yeah, probably three and a, three and a quarter sounds about right. If this was like five minutes more, it, it might have been a scenario where, you know, you could have got me, you know, a little more invested in DDT. You know, don't get me wrong. If you tell me, hey, Jay, watch this match, and it's a DDT match, I'm going to watch it just because you're telling me to watch it. I trust your your judgment on this scenario. But it, it hasn't gotten to the point where now I feel like I have to – go out of my way, remember the date to watch DDT. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a an opportunity missed. But neither here nor there. It's not like I'm never, never going to watch a DDT match ever again. Yeah, like would it would have been nice if they'd had Hino and Higuchi, you know, in this spot. You know, the the guy who really carried the banner for half the year and the new champ. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. It's fine. No, like I said, not a big deal whatsoever. Uh, next up, you had a six-man tag. Um Noah versus Dragon Gate on this one. You had El Hijo Del, Del Wachter Jr., uh, Marafuji, and Ninja Mac versus Zebrats and Diamante, Kai, and Shun Skywalker. I was very interested in seeing Shun Skywalker and Marafuji in the ring together. They had some online beef that kind of played itself out here in a little bit. I wish, once again, it feels like I say this a lot with this show, but I wish this would have went a little longer. 11, 11 minutes, 20 seconds. El Hio Wagner Jr., Marifuji, and Ninja Mac go over for the win. Thoughts on the match? Yeah, I'd say this was definitely the best match of the of the main show to this point of those three. Probably three and a half. Yeah, I thought you know they could have maybe done a little bit more, but I thought the action picked up a little bit more on this one. Skywalker's awesome. You know, he's a guy I've seen just a little bit. You know, heard a lot of good things about. Um, yeah, he and Marafuji mixing it up was fun. You know, Ninja Mac is always out there flying around doing crazy shit. God bless but that, yeah, I ne- 
I'd never seen Diamante or Kai, but yeah, I thought the the Dragon Gate team had a nice showing, and uh, yeah, all three of the Noah guys looked good as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, probably three and a half best match of the first three of the main card, but um, I think that women's match still best of the night to this point. Yeah, I gave it three and a half too. Uh, Skywalker and Marufuji, I thought were the uh, the running forces of this match, and it kept me invested to the point where I was like, okay, you know. I don't know too much about Zebrats. I've just seen him, you know, maybe a handful of times, but I've seen Shun Skywalker more than a handful of times to where I was like, you know, I want to see him and Marafuji if something actually spins off from this. One never knows. Unfortunately, nothing has happened yet, but fingers crossed something will happen. Uh, next up, you had the six-man tag, uh, the Congo team of Nakajima Kono or Kano and Soya versus Kento Miyahara, Yuma Yogagi, did I say it right? I think it's Aoyagi. Aoyagi, yeah, I'm, I'm getting better. And Close enough, yeah. Suwama, uh, 15-37, bell-to-bell. Congo gets the win here. Um, Miyahara and... Now we're, yeah, this now is, we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Yeah. I was like, and this was getting late, too, and I was like, man, I'm fucking yeah. tired. I was like, and, but I was awake now at this point, but I was like, it, it was lasting five minutes, and I finally was like, fuck it. Once I saw them go to intermission, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to yeah. tap out on this yep. one. But this was a good match to finally tap out on. I thought this was the best match oh, of yeah. the night coming up to this point. I thought Nakajima and Miyahara together in the same ring. This is the first time I saw them in the ring together at the same time. I'm sure that their paths crossed before. All this did was want to make me see this again. Keno is Keno. I think he's just a, just a great character. I, I love the fact that he just hates all things that's not associated to Congo. Soya coming, yeah. you know, Soya looks good in this match. I thought he was another person that, you know, fingers crossed he can have a big 2023. Not saying he's going to win the national title, but I would I would love to see him get a tag team run or, or something along those lines. If it's him and Kano, so be it. If it's him and Nakajima, that that works too. I gave this three and a, three quarter stars, 3.75. I thought this was the best match of the night up to this point. Did it have the longest running time up to this point? Yes, it did. So, yeah, more so a reason why I caught myself getting invested because they gave them the time to let me see guys that I haven't seen a lot of and then, obviously, the guys that I do love the most in Noah, that would be Congo. Thoughts on the Congo versus, ooh, excuse me, uh, I guess this was all Japan match. Yeah, all Japan. Yeah, yeah, love this. I went four and a quarter. You know, this was built solely around, not solely, but the centerpiece of this match was Kento and Nakajima, who, what, just days earlier I had texted you about how they both (laughs) came up in Kensuke's office, um, Diamond Ring, which was Kensuke Sasaki's promotion, and they do not like each other. (laughs) And, you know, I guess a lot of shit stemming from back when they came up. Um, But, yeah, I I had never seen them in a – well, I've watched one old match of theirs, but, like, current – these two guys mixing it up like that was everything you could ask for. And man, I want a singles match after that. Yeah. And now that Kento's not champion, lost it to Yuji Nagata, and we'll talk about that in a second. But now that he lost that, like maybe there's opportunity for this. And I just love that Noah, especially now, like this show is like they're working with everyone, you know? So maybe we'll get to see some more cross promotion stuff. And that's a money fucking match. I mean, it's not as big as Kaito and Okada, but you know, this is the big, the ace of all Japan and has been for probably the last 
seven, eight years and one of Noah's top guys. And they've obviously got deep history together. Uh, but yeah, even aside from that, I thought, you know, you got to see some good shit out of Yuma again. Suwama, you know, he's old, but he's a fucking bruiser. Um, yeah, this was just such a fun match. And just the Kento and Nakajima interactions were so good. And yeah, like I said, hopefully we can see more out of that. But yeah, definitely the match of the night at this point. Probably my second favorite match of the night. Uh, eh, maybe third. Maybe but, third, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. This was great. No, I, I agree. Before, and I'll, I'll just piggyback on what you said before we move on to the the final four matches. Um, I thought Noah did an amazing job getting you know all you know all the different promotions on in some form or fashion. Yeah, granted, could have been a little longer. You know, could the matches been a little longer? Yeah, but I mean, fuck, this was a five hour fucking show. So I mean, ultimately, yeah. you know, the the gripes that I've had, maybe you could add you know five match five minutes here, five minutes there. Yeah, you know. The, all that would have been great, but then it'd have been a seven-hour show, and I'd have been really been pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, at the end of the day, I can't really be mad about you know matches running a little short or whatever the case may be. For me, ultimately, looking back on it, I, I look at this finally because we had all. This is what we talk about. This is why we love Forbidden Door so much because you had you know two promotions that finally was like, okay, you know what? Let's put the bullshit aside and, and let's make some money. Noah was in this. All Japan was in this. Um, Dragon Gate, New Japan, obviously, TJPW. So, I mean, you had so many promotions having to come together and get on the same page. That ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? So, in this scenario, I have to give credit where credit is due. Noah gets the credit in this scenario because it's a Noah show. And we ran it under the Noah banner. But neither here nor there. There's a couple other, you know, things I want to give Noah credit for, but we'll talk about that here in a second. Final four matches start off with Gato versus Ishimori. Gato and Ishimori versus Nosawa and Mazada. So this was a match that I wasn't too sure what the setup was. I still don't know what the setup was to begin with because I just was, I'm still confused. Now it's just like, yeah, you know what? For four minutes and 43 seconds, I'm not going to do a deep dive into yeah. the, the history of Ishimori and Nosawa. It looks like Nosawa was basically falling on his sword to let Ishimori take him down in what could be another quote unquote final match. Four minutes, 43 seconds, Ishimori pins Nosawa. I couldn't even give this. Uh, I wanted to give it a letter grade or a, a star grade. I, I couldn't. I was just like, I was still, uh, it's, I have 10 numbers behind everybody else's matches. And this match is the only one I didn't have a number because it just didn't last long enough. I'm still confused yep. of what the fuck was going on. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, I guess Nosawa is on the way out of Noah. I, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I was confused too, but you know, like it seemed clear that there was some history between the two. I don't know it, you know, whether they, he trained them or they worked together or what have you. So at least in that sense, like I thought it was cool, a cool moment for sure. But yeah, I didn't really understand why this match was on the card and in this spot, but, uh, Hey, kudos to Nasawa and, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all. I say that's all they gave us. I mean, what the fuck? Um, next up, you had a interesting match, one that we had talked about beforehand when the card was announced. A match that we both kind of circled 
on the card to see how this was actually going to play out. You had Hiromu Takahashi, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion versus Amaska, the NOAA Junior Heavyweight Champion, not title for title, but just who has the, the who's the better Junior Heavyweight Champion at this point. I wasn't aware that Hiromu and Amaska had a match before, that Amaska won. Me. Me neither. Yeah, I think maybe multiple because they said Hiromu had never beaten him before. I just want to say, I think the one match they were talking about, at least commentary, I think they said it was hap- that happened in England and Amaska won that. But then obviously there might have been more matches that after that, neither here nor there. Um, Hiromu gets his receipt. 11 minutes, two seconds. Hiromu gets the win. Once again, kind of a little short for my taste, but... Both guys got their shit in. I wish they could have this. I wish they can run this matchup back again. The possibility is there because obviously we're seeing Noah and New Japan work together more and more as the time progresses. I gave it three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. I just want more, man. I'm sorry. I went four. I thought it was awesome for the time they were given. You know, I thought they maximized the time they were given. But I agree. I think more than any match on the card, this could have used another five-plus minutes. You know, it felt like they were just getting going. But I loved the action we got, you know. Um, I thought both guys did a great job. But it was, yeah, one of those, like, that's it? But, like, it was, you know, after five minutes, like, they were throwing bombs right off the bat. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. shit, okay, I guess this isn't going to go very long. So by the time he did hit that time bomb, too, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's it. But. Um, like I said, I really, really did enjoy the action we got. And, you know, uh, Hiromu pinned their champ. So he's got a right to a title shot as far as I'm concerned. But uh, <laughs> Easy, big fella, man. <laughs> I'll say, let's but wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be interesting, though, to have, you know, whether it's title for title or just him challenge for the Noah, Noah title? title. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I would be lying if I said otherwise. I just I wouldn't want to see. Amaska lose the title. I, if you wanted to do, you know, roll them out, have a 30-minute, you know, banger match where both guys, you know, end up in a time limit draw or something like that, we can do that too. Um, I just think that I, w- I would want to see Amaska have some sort of run with the uh, the junior title for a little bit. I I agree. Hey, maybe what if he won, you know, because he's beaten him in the past. They've clearly got – I mean, it'd be a huge win for him. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. I, mean, it would, I think Hiromu – Hiromu would be just fine if he lost that match. You but st- then it's like, okay, now he has now he has a right to the IWGP junior and then on and on. Yeah, so, they, but, uh, no, they, they could put, you know, that could be a, a three, six month feud where, you know, uh, every three months, you know, Hiromu challenges, loses, and now Amaska challenges Hiromu, loses, and you can, you can do that. It's a, at some point, you, you're going to have another big time show where both promotions are working together. That that could easily be a, a match that you can shoe into either card and, already have a built-in backstory behind it ready to go so yeah i would i wouldn't mind seeing them, them go after it again because like i said 11 minutes just seems like a lot and probably the reason why i gave it such a low star rating is because it was like the third time i was caught myself saying that's it and then it was in back-to-back matches and that was probably out of just frustration from your boy i agree with yeah. everything <laughs> that what you said if if you just watch the match itself and take it into its context, I agree with everything you said. As a whole, it fell into the, for, at least for me, it fell into that, damn, that's it, scenario yeah. where I was just like, okay, you know, I'm yeah. starting to get pissed off. But yeah. thankfully, 
We had a match that came in and saved the day. I would give Noah credit for their production, especially when oh, absolutely when Okada came out. I was like, man, New Japan just just don't do it like this. I mean, it really was like one of the best Okada entrances I've seen in the five, six years I've watched Okada come out. And I've seen him come out plenty of different times. Not that going back past maybe 17, 18 feels about right when I started watching this. But I mean, this was one of the best entrances I've seen in a long time. So obviously we're talking about Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kazucha Okada, both heavyweight champions for Noah and New Japan respectively. No tiles on the line. We're just talking about bad blood getting ready to get settled. And man, Okada is a bad boy. I know that Stephen A. Smith likes to call Aaron Rodgers that bad man. Shit. Okada was that bad yeah. man on this night. Oh, yeah. He roughed up Kaito pretty good. This went, what, 16-32? I would probably say two-thirds of that was Kaito getting the business from Okada. Don't get me wrong. Kaito did get his shots in. He did get a little flurry of offense in. But for me, this this felt like Big Brother just reaffirming the fact that Kaito Kiyomiya is little brother. Don't forget about it. And please don't have me come back here and teach you this lesson again. <laughs> I mean, the pin was over. Okada doesn't even stay in the ring 30 seconds. It's like he's, I'm pissed that I'm here. You know, why Why am I even here whooping on this little boy? You know, talk to me when this man has a, becomes a man. Because right now he is still little uh. brother. 1632, Okada. I, I won't say soundly, but he he gave Kaito Kiyomiya that business and won this match. We questioned what was going to happen. I would I did not see this. This was watching this unfold. I'm like, oh man, oh oh no, come on Kaito, come on man, don't go out like this, <laughs> come on man. And I saved myself from spoilers, so I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm sitting rooting for yeah. him. I'm like, come on man, come on man, you got this dog. Okay, yeah. Oh, never mind. No, no, snuff that out. Then you know, shit, this might get ugly. Thoughts on a 16:32 instant classic? I thought it was an instant classic. I can't speak for yeah, anybody what, else. What's your rating? Four and a quarter. Okay, yeah, I went four and a half. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, obviously, we talked last week leading up. You know, I like Kaito, for sure. But uh, I loved seeing him get his ass beat by the king of Japanese wrestling. The king of wrestling, Kazuchika Okada. Mm. But yeah, Kaito's got his shit in. You know, like he... It wasn't like a complete battering, but no. it was it was pretty sound victory. And I mean, when Okada fucking pulled his ass up <laughs> on the two count, I'm like, man, fuck you. And that's why I was uh, like, okay, I'm like, come on, I was just like, thank you. <laughs> that's that. I wouldn't even call it a pet peeve of mine, but when anybody pulls up somebody, when you when it's like, okay, you. I have them beat and they pull them up. I'm like, immediately I'm rooting for the person that got pulled up because now you, <laughs> now you, you, you going fucked up and I want to see reparations come immediately. When he pulled him up, I was just like, oh, what's this? I'm like, man, Okada's turning heel. Okada's turning <laughs> like, break Gato out right now. We can just make this shit happen. That's the one. That's another thing I totally forgot about when Okada pulled him up. I was just like, I don't think I've ever seen him do that. And that's no, what, 
And that to me is one of those things where I'm pretty sure I, w- I want to see Okada go full-blown heel. And this is one of those times where I was like, okay, see, you know what? Immediately, I'm now rooting for Kaito even harder. So he did his yeah. job. Kudos I to mean, Okada on that one. Okada, has, he has been a heel this year. I mean, maybe not full-blown, but he is that was as heel as it gets, mm-hmm. you know, this whole match. Um, and I fucking loved every second of it. You know, just the intensity was there from the get-go. I mean, you could tell five minutes in that this wasn't going to be a 30-minute match, um, which I didn't think it would be. I thought it would be a brawl, you know, about, I thought they'd get about 20 or so. It got, what, 16 and a half, mm. but it was awesome. I loved every second of it. Again, I think this is great for Kaito. You know, like, this is perfect as part of his character, and it's a lot like what Okada was when he was coming up. You know, I referenced when he lost uh, Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 9 and got carried out in tears, just like Okada did, or excuse me, Kaito did last year when in the Noah versus New Japan when it was he and Mudo against the Dream Team. Um, and then now this past year, he comes out and kicks Okada in the face. Fuck you, motherfucker, you know. And, but now he got truly, he's put, he got put in his fucking place. Humbled, if you will. So now... It's going to be interesting to see how Kaito responds. You know, like, it does he start beating the shit out of people? Does he lose the title? You know, maybe he's broken and he loses the title. I don't think so. I think, you know, he's been set up for a nice little run here. But I, do they have, have another, like, his next challenge? Oh, yes, I guess they do, which we'll talk Yes, they do. So, yeah, so let's go. <laughs> and on the Serengeti, when you usually have, a, you know, like a wounded animal in the Serengeti, that, that's when the predators yeah. start to be like, oh, it's down. Let's go ahead and get on that motherfucker. Jake Lee wastes zero time, catches Kaito Kiyomiya post-match backstage, and throws down the gauntlet. I'm not sure if they, they have a set date as of yet, but Jake Lee is going to be the next man up for Kaito Kiyomiya and the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Good-looking guys making waves all throughout this show and another big wave happening here. I haven't seen a lot of Jake Lee. I, that's something I want to try to sneak in before uh, the Kaito Kiyomiya match for the title, but I'm very interested to see Jake Lee versus Kaito Kiyomiya. I think it would be a really good match. I don't. I agree with you. I see Kaito holding the title for a little bit, especially the way they kind of uh, play patty cake with it. A good point. A good part of 2022. I think 2023 is going to be a different year where they have it on someone that they want to, you know, groom as a a big time long term champion. And I agree with you on just uh, about the match itself with versus Okada. This is ultimately going to be a scenario where it's all about uh, Kiyomiya and his long-term or his long-term storytelling versus uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this damn cat uh, <laughs> all over the place. Never fucks with me until right now. Um, I mean, he really fucks with me when I'm like podcasting until like right now. I pet him now. All of a sudden, he wants all kinds of fucking attention. Um, ultimately, this is a part of. Kaito's story and like you said this part is a down part you know Okada humbled him and it wasn't a squash but it humbled him in the sense where now 
it's like you said, what's next? How does he respond? Jake Lee is not going to take this shit easy on him by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. So that's where if we see some heelish Kaito, this might be a chance to see it. But either way, I think this would be a good challenge for Kaito to have as his next contender. Because like I said, I think Jake Lee's one of them guys that will easily give Kiyomiya all he wants and then some. It honestly wouldn't shock me if Jake Lee won the belt. Really? I mean, it, I mean, again, it, if depending on how broken Kaito is by that, I think this is a good opportunity to have just good-looking guy, asshole Jake Lee, the opportunist, come in and take it. I mean, I'm not predicting that yet, but I'm just saying I could see it happening. Um, but again, I. Like, gun to my head, I do see Kaito winning, but I think it would be very interesting. And we talked, I think, last time about how I think Jake Lee and this show proved it. Like, they're going to push this guy pretty hard because he is, you know, he has some star power. Um, and I think, you know, this is only going to help him. But it, it wouldn't shock me to see him uh, get the belt here. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Should be a great match. No, without question. Um, let's talk about the main event. The reason why we're here, Keiji Muto, his <laughs> final run at, at, I guess, in the ring against Naito, however you want to do it, his last love, Tetsu Naito versus Keiji Muto, 18 Oh, I'm sorry, 28.58, the running time. It probably felt like 18 minutes. It really was 28 minutes. I thought they told an amazing story from the start with KG Muto being someone that would... I was wondering about him. How long was he going to be able to last in this match? Yeah. And I thought their pace was slow enough, methodical enough to where the match made sense and Keiji Muto could keep up with this pace. This was the match that they rolled out when uh, Naito and Shoto Umino had their match, and it was the wrong kind of match to have. And we talked about that, how it was much more methodical, slow pace, slow moving, versus the match that we got versus, uh, with Keiji Muto and Naito. This was the perfect match. You didn't need to do too much. You had callbacks from Keiji Muto all throughout from guys that didn't have their <laughs> retirement matches. He got a chance to give them some love. This fucking cat, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> I love you, but beat it. Um, I gave this four and, uh, four and a half stars. I probably gave this a quarter star too many, but I love the fact that it really encapsulated a lot of KG Mudo's past, present, and what I guess passing the torch to Naido to move to the future. It's not going to be a long passing to the torch because Naido is not going to be around here long at this point, but neither here nor there. I thought this was really good. I was surprised that you liked this match because I was sitting there thinking, you know, this is really good. You know, you're, they're using Keiji Muto in a right way. You know, they're not asking him to do too much. The two, you know, attempted quote unquote moonsaults. I'm like, motherfucker, don't do this shit. Yeah. Climb your ass that was down. Great. Climb your ass down. I get it. Yeah. You, you feeling it. You ain't feeling it that much. And I love the fact that you could see like the wheels turning in his head. Yep. Like, Should I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? I don't know. I don't know. And he finally, like the second time around, I was like, this motherfucker's going to do this shit. He's going to try to break his neck on his last I thought he was going. Match. I thought he was going to as well. And also glad he did not. No, I was like, somebody talked this dude off the ledge. I thought this was done really well from start to finish. Once again, great production entrances for both guys. 
it was it was a main event and it felt like a main event. Like I said, I gave it four and a half. Yeah, I agree. We'll start with the entrances. I mean, Mudo's was absurd. They played what, like twenty different songs. <laughs> I'm still like, dude. I'm like, get this motherfucker out of here. Come on. This is why it's a five hour um, show. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. But it was cool and I liked like the crowd reaction to like each song that came on. And And Naito obviously looked Yeah. That's what I love too. Yeah, it was for that. And Naito looked like a badass. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah, they knew it. No, you're good. Naito, yeah, he was getting the Naito chance on the Tokyo Dome, which was awesome. You know, looking all regal and badass. And uh, yeah, I went four and a quarter. uh, It didn't feel like 28 minutes. You know, I think because this was finally the last match, obviously what happens after notwithstanding, but it was the crowd really is what kept me hooked in this match because you know how much it meant to them. And like Mudo, it finally felt like it meant something to him. You know, this was so much different than like no new hand match. He didn't want to be there. Right. Great Mudo match against Nakamura was very good, but this was a different level. Like it had that feeling of finality from the performers in the ring, from the crowd, you know, the first seven minutes or so was pretty much just kind of like some rest holds chain wrestling. But like after that point, like I was, I was hooked and uh, I thought Mudo did a hell of a job, you know, given his limitations, definitely the best Mudo match since in the last few years since he's been in Noah. Um, yeah, um, you know, kind of carrying him through much better than the Shota Umino match. Um, but yeah, the crowd is really what kind of made this so special. Um, they were reacting for everything. Um, and yeah, those moonsault moments were pretty awesome and yeah, glad he did not do it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, kudos to Noah for everything. And I want to shout out commentary you know I love me some Stu Fulton and Mark Pickering. And then the third guy, can't remember his name, Justin something, but he was good for, like, throwing some facts in there. Like, yeah. honestly kind of reminded me of, like, myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, like, pulling shit out that I would, like, throw out here totally. that maybe these two guys don't know about Kento or All Japan or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think those two, Mark and Stewart, two of the best in the business. You know, they, they made this feel like a big, big deal, and it was. And, uh yeah, I will give Mudo his flowers here. You got me. I'm, I wish you didn't. I wish you didn't stick around for so long. And God, I wish you didn't take the belt off Go Shiyazaki. Like I told you, it all stems from that. But uh, you just des- you deserve the love here. You went out there. I mean, you guy could barely fucking walk. Gutted it out. Um, and yeah, special, special stuff. It felt big, and uh, it was awesome. And then obviously after the match was really cool too. Yeah. Um, I did. I, this is one of those times where I was like, okay, let's just, let's not just turn it off. Let's see how this actually plays itself out because I figured uh, KG would say something to the crowd and then, you know, commentary would translate it and commentary was not fucking around. And KG Mudo calls out Masahiro Chono from commentary 
and they're going to have a retirement match. I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, 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 no face when they cut to him. He's just like, he's got the sunglasses. Like, huh? Well, oh, okay, fuck it, let's go. All right, you want me? You want your ass kicked again? Fine, fair enough. Um, I, I, what, I think it was like under two minutes. Was what Cage Match said. Uh, yeah, Masahiro Chono, quote unquote, taps out. <laughs> Keiji Mudo, like a buck thirty. Uh, they brought in uh, Tiger Hattori to be the referee. So this was basically all callbacks to their former uh, feud that they had from the back in the day. And this is this is one of those times where I wish I would have watched those matches and I'd have probably had a, a much more appreciation for this. And it probably felt, you know, more sentimental. Don't get me wrong. As a guy that just watches New Japan on a regular basis, I get the significance of it. It probably would have meant more if I'd have watched from, you know, that point to this point. Neither here nor there. Nice touch to, to end the yeah. show. Keiji Muto. I would like to think this is on the way out of the door for him. Like you said, he could barely walk and he gutted this thing out. To me, that was the biggest performance that I've, I've seen uh, in the, like the last couple of weeks. I mean, dude's damn near 65 and he's only running around here, you know, putting on a 28 minute match. Get the fuck out of here. You know, all credit to him. Yeah, and I thought the Chono, again, the crowd reaction for, like, when he uh, challenged Chono. Was like, oh. oh, like, again, that was for the fans. <laughs> yes. And, you know, commentary, yeah, commentary reference, you know, a couple times throughout the match, how, like, uh, Chono never really got a retirement mm-hmm. match. So, like, what a cool moment for him. And credit to Muto for doing it. Like, I highly doubt, I'm, I'm guessing Chono really didn't know that was going to happen, spur of the moment type of thing. You know, gave him his little moment. I've seen, I think, two of their older matches. But again, this was like a couple years ago. So it's not like I was into the feud at the time. I mean, it was like early 90s. But, um, you know, obviously they had a generational rivalry. Um, I think they were the first G1. It was the first G1 final, 1991. That's one of the matches I've seen. Uh, But yeah, what a cool moment. And just a great show, great production. But one very, very funny note. And I'm going to give Super Jake credit because they tweeted something about it. They said just two, but I'm going to take it to three. So in Noah's biggest show in years, the final three matches are won by Hiromu, Okada, and Naito. Very interesting. Uh, Knows who still wears the pants here in this uh, <laughs> Japanese wrestling land? Fine, we'll let these guys go over. Fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> God damn! Oh, who's the, wait a minute? So it's our this, show, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a pretty interesting way to look at. Things. Oh man! I, when it's all said and done, I mean, this is the decade, and yeah, you have. Three of New Japan's biggest stars going over in the final three matches. Honestly, I would have never thought of that until you just said something. <laughs> I I just looked at it, just you know, it's Okada. You know, he's just supposed to go over. You know, it's Naito. He's supposed to go over at this point. It's Aroma. He's yep. supposed to go over. You know, it's all guys that I just expected to win versus New Japan just, you know, yeah. basically punking the shit out of uh, Noah and making sure that their top stars go over. I don't think that's the case, but, I mean, it's it's very, very intriguing, interesting that you said that, and now the fact that you said it, I'm sitting there over here, I'm still over here like, damn, that's crazy, man. You know, if I'm Noah, I'd be like, man, hold up, dog. <laughs> can, can we get a dub in this motherfucker yeah. someplace? I mean, shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> what about that dark uh, match? Can we get a dub up there? Um, yeah. I thought this was a really good show. Back-to-back really good shows for um, both New Japan, obviously Battle in the Valley, the week before. And then this was really like two days, three days afterwards, Saturday to Tuesday. Yeah. So this was uh, two really good shows. Um, this show obviously is going to set up at least one tag team title match and probably some uh, a, a second uh Title match, Jake Lee versus Kaido Kiyomiya. So th- something to look forward to uh, when we come back to talking about Noah at a later point. But let's uh, sneak in a little stardom here because we're, as we talked about beforehand, there's a, at least a couple of stardom notes that I wanted to talk about. First yeah. and foremost, um, Wild Heart. obviously with the uh, Hazuki music, there's news on that front. Hazuki end up actually pinning Saya Kamatini in one of their, um, I guess, triangle derby matches. Oh, I did not know that. So, <laughs> what a drop! So that sets up obviously in Hazuki in true contender fashion. Waits at zero time. She picks up the mic and challenges. Saya Kamatini for the white belt title that will be I did not even know that was happening so that's fucking awesome it just uh, I just did a uh, quick uh, marathon a binge of stardom for the last after the uh what was the uh, the 12th anniversary show they, they had like four or five up in a row and I was yeah. like oh fuck like I told you and I haven't yeah and I haven't really dug into that yet but man that excites me and not to get too far ahead but like we talked about last time, uh, I think this should be when uh, Kamatani drops the belt here. I was saying that too, but then uh, a part of me was like, you know, should should this be a full circle story where Mina is the one, Mina Shirakawa is the one that takes the title off of Kamatani? Just because of the, the the way that their match ended, it, it still feels like it's open ended. Don't get me wrong, I'm still pissed off about Hazuki. Yeah, Hazuki. Okay, I'm still pissed off about the five star uh, collapse that they made her go through. <laughs> and I kind of th- in the back of my mind, I'm kind of thinking that you know this is you know a payment due re- reparations, if you will, once again. But then the <laughs> other part of me is like, th- th- Mina is. It feels like she's the one that should be. I hear you, Saya. So I'm really torn about this, but I think Mina might get a chance to get that. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Let's focus on the three four show for thirty seconds. I'll just rattle through this really quick of what the announced matches are, and then from that point, you can take any of these matches and speak on them at your leisure. Obviously, we talked about Hazuki versus uh, Saya Kamatini for the t- uh, the white belt championship for the red belt championship world of wonder uh world of world of stardom championship world of wonder that's crazy um you had julia coming out to challenge maya hazuki uh, let's try this again maya yazuki if i'm pronouncing it right i'm sure i'm not either way she's part of the rebel uh an enemy trio a part of their uh triangle derby trio that's been running in the uh the triangle derby tournament i did not know that they had past beef i guess that's from ice ribbon but 
when Julia comes out post match after yeah. their uh, Rebel and uh, Enemies uh, triangle match and challenges Maya for the title, it felt like A, that they have history, and B, it was just weird because Julia just doesn't come out and challenge anybody. It's usually the yeah. opposite way around. So for Julia to come out and throw this gauntlet out was definitely something that caught my attention. I tried to do a quick deep dive to see if there was a, a past history with uh, Yukihini and Julia. I couldn't find anything on YouTube. I uh, didn't get a chance to look on it. Um, cage match to see if I'm sure they have past matches. It just I just don't know any of the dates, anything along those lines. So for, for for me, this match in particular is intriguing because there's history. I just don't know what the history is. Um, Azumi versus Starlight Kid. We're going to run that back for the high speed title. This was arguably one of my matches of the year for 2022 all year long until unfortunately i shouldn't say unfortunately unfortunately for azumi and starlight kid shuri and julia had to have the last match of the, of the year and unfortunately for them they took the a title of match of the year on the women's side for me from that match but neither here nor there they are going to run back their high speed title match from 2022 that was an instant classic banger something to look forward to there the aforementioned not the aforementioned but uh chichiro hashimoto someone that we he, Brett and I was really impressed with with uh, her match against Mirai, I guess the, again against uh, the Supreme uh, the 12th anniversary show. Uh, she has a match against Himika. Obviously, this is on Himika's wish list on the way out of the door. I'm very very worried for Himika at this point because I've seen what Hachimoto did to poor Mirai. I'm not sure that she's going to let up on. <laughs> Look, I know Himika's on the way out the door, but I'm not sure that Hachimoto knows that or even gives a fuck. Something the, the interesting match just because it's something that is on Himika's wish list and. Himika has the size advantage, but like I said, Hachimoto is a unit and. I don't, I don't think that there's much that you can do with that. Two big that are, that are going to just... Uh, I cannot wait for that match. That That's, like I said, intriguing to say the least. Then you have the two uh, matches, I guess, uh, one to figure out who wins the blue block. Neo Stardom Army versus Prominence. Winner wins the blue block. And then the red block final, you have Cosmic Angels versus Rampage G, essentially... Uh, the God's Eyes uh, trio of Shuri, uh, Saray, and uh, Mirai. So you'd have the two, two those two matches, and the winners of those two matches will actually wrestle in the final. I'm assuming it would be the main event, and that will give you the first Triangle Derby winner for stardom. So a lot of shit that I just covered. Take anything, run with it, take it as you please. Yeah, I just looked up um, Maya Yukihi defeated Julia to retain the Ice Xfinity title. This was May 25th. I'll probably, maybe I'll watch that match. It's got an 8.42 age match. What year did you say? Uh, so, yeah. There is something there, you know. You he's someone, anything, but 
2019. Okay. May of 2019. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, she's looked pretty legit from what I've heard. Like you said, that's uh, definitely an interesting tidbit. I mean, Azumi and Starlight Kid, what else can you say? Yeah, probably the second best stardom match last year behind mm-hmm. Julian Shuri. I actually just watched it again, what, last week with a buddy Ooh. who hadn't seen stardom before. So Ooh. that was a fun experience. How did you your hands, it? yeah, um, and yeah, match held up. Oh, he loved it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he loved it. He's someone like he doesn't watch a lot of wrestling, but he'll uh, he's open to it, and when the time is right, he'll be down for a match. But uh, yeah, can't fucking wait for that. But what is when does Saki Kashima get her shot? Um, that was, I guess that's gonna be the a good question. I'm, I would assume she gets the winner. I don't see. I was going to say I was on. Yeah, I, guess um, so. I was on Stardom's uh, Twitter page. I guess this afternoon, just prepping for the pod, and I didn't see anything about an announcement for you know her title match. Her you know her caller shot a high speed title match. I would assume that she would get the winner of this uh, Zoomy Starlight Kid match. It would be real interesting if it's Starlight Kid. I'll say that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because I guess this match was on. Already announced, and then it got delayed for some reason. Like, didn't wasn't one of them ill or got hurt? Something has then Kashima will get hers. But yeah, I mean, put this on your early list for match of the year candidates before it happens. Obviously, I mean, can't fucking wait to see what these two do this time. But uh, yeah, this card is looking pretty tasty, man. I mean, with that, Julia Maya, you know. Uh, Saya and, and Hazuki, the triangle matches, fucking Emeka and Chihiro. Like, yeah, man. Like I said, I didn't know too much about this coming in, but I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, this looks like a star was getting more of my money on the uh, the 4th of March. Uh, the Cinderella tournament uh, has been announced. Uh, brackets have come out. Uh, I'll talk about that really quick. Um, Left side of the bracket, as I'm looking at it, you have Utami versus Nene Takahashi, Micah versus Momo Watatami, uh, Julia versus Mai Sakurai, uh, Azumi versus Hazuki. Interesting. Um, Mariah May versus uh, wow. Rina. Yeah, I can read my own handwriting. Thank you very much. Shuri versus uh, Tomika Inaba. Um, Saya Kamatini versus Mayu Iwatami. Lady C versus X. One of two mystery, uh, I guess, con- components, contestants, whatever you want to call them, um, entrance, better choice of words, and then Momo Kongo versus Saki Kashima. Um, right side of the tournament, as I'm looking at it, you have Starlight Kid versus Yumasaki, Ami Sare versus Yuna Miyazori, uh, Tom Nakano versus Himika. Uh, Nakatsu versus Rukaka, interesting once again. Uh, Mirai versus Hanan. Uh, Saya Ida versus Mio Amasaki. Natsupoi versus Mina Shirakawa. Kojima versus Stikula. And Hina versus the second mystery opponent. I know I ran a lot of names down on that card. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you have as your pre- Tournament favorite to win this year's Cinderella tournament. Man, 
I hadn't seen the bracket beforehand. Uh, man, there's some tasty matchups here. Um, just in the first, just in the first round. Holy right. shit! Um, remind me, what does the win? Uh, I, the, the, I feel like me or I won last year, and she got a white belt shot. Right. Is this for the white belt, or it's for anyone? And this, like, does the winner get a white belt shot, or what's like the ultimate prize? Well, no, the, well the ultimate obviously would be the red belt. Uh, but for that scenario, if I'm not mistaken, Shuri was the red belt champion at the time. Mirai so won. You get the, you get the pay- Yeah, you get to pick whoever uh, you want to, to challenge in this scenario. Like I said, I, for the, I understand now. It, it just so happened yeah. that um, Mirai and uh, Shuri well, were basically. I'm just going to go. I think we're having some lag uh, issues here. <laughs> It's okay. No, you're good. Hey, I'll have new Wi-Fi. I'll be in a new place next time, so hopefully it won't be. Uh, well, fuck, I ain't worried about it. Go well, ahead. Call your uh, shot. Who you got? Um, But, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, just going back to what we were saying before, um, I'm going to go you, Tommy, here. Um, I feel like, you know, it would make perfect sense for her to win and then take out Julia. But um, who knows? Maybe that match could happen in the tournament. And... I don't know. Maybe it's, I'll go you, Tommy, but I could also just see them booking Julia to win it and maybe pick her challenger, even though she just challenged someone. But it's going to be tough for her to take an L because she's been booked so strongly of late. Um, so maybe it is someone like you, Tommy, and if they're on that same side of the bracket, they you know, it could be. So yeah, I'll stick with you, Tommy, as my winner here. But but it would be interesting for her to beat Julia and then challenge again. But you know. I'll stick with it though. Who do you who do you got? Uh just for the record, uh Julia and Utami are on the same side. I think they if I'm looking at it right, they'll meet in the second round. No, third round, whatever the quarterfinals, I guess. Oh wow. Okay. Um Okay. I kind of I kinda of hinted towards this a little bit and I'm now the more and more I'm thinking about it is the more and more I'll I'll just stick to it. If Shirakawa is not going to get the, the title chance right away, then she, somehow we're going to have to get her to that. She's been one of the, the hotter performers since she's come back. Club Venus is hot sense. at this point. It kind of feels like this is the next step for Shirakawa. Oh, to, are they? Say that again? He's <laughs> He said Club Venus is hot, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're hot, all right. Oh, yeah, they're, they're literally and figuratively. Um, I just think this is the next step for her to get to that next level. She hasn't had a singles title. I feel like, you know, a part of me still feels like she's the one to beat Saya, but I'm, don't get me wrong, on the fourth, I'm going to be rooting for Hazuki like nobody's business. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take me to Shirakawa. I just think that this is the right time to do it. Her first match is against, uh, Natsupoi. I still say that there's that underlying beef between her and a lot of the cosmic angels that they kind of booked into the, uh, that storyline when she came back, she was pissed. that A lot of them didn't come, you know, check on her, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good time to kind of, 
slowly, if you're not going to turn Mina into a heel, you can break away Club Venus away from Cosmic Angels. It feels like it's happening anyway. I just feel like it's just time to rip the Band-Aid off and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, I would not be upset about Mina winning this one bit. She would be deserving as hell. She had an awesome 2022, an awesome run in the five-star. You know, we talked about her match with Saya, which was great up until the very end. So, yeah, I'd be way game for Mina to win this as well. But, shit, this is going to be exciting, and I think this is probably a nice segue in uh, into the New Japan Cup. Stole my thunder, think, uh, my brother. That's up next. Yeah. Stole my thunder. Uh, let's talk New Japan Cup. That's going to start on the uh, 5th of uh, March. So, Stardom and New Japan back to back nights, just throwing out bangers. God, love this shit. Up, oh god, I love fucking wrestling. So, the New Japan Cup bracket has been uh, announced. You have one, two, three, four, eight guys with buys in no particular order. Guys that have buys in the first round: Kenta, Jeff Cobb, Goto, Great Okan, Zack Saber Jr., Tamatanga, Will Ospreay, and Chase Owens. Interesting that Chase Owens has a buy, but neither here nor there. I figure you got to give it to somebody. Why not give it to Chase? Um, first night of matches start on the fifth. Like I said, two matches start that. You have Sonata versus Taichi and the aforementioned Naido versus El Fantasmo, uh, three six. You have the aforementioned David Finley versus Ishii. And Shota Umino versus Yujiro uh, Takahashi. On the 8th, uh, you have Ren Narita versus Evil. Go Ren Narita. And Yano, fuck Yano versus Mark Davis. Sorry, that's just a personal <laughs> preference of mine. I love to say fuck Yano. It just goes back to him beating Naito in the G1. I'm sorry, just irrational hatred before you give me all kinds of hell about it. Uh, March 10th, you have... Yoshihashi versus Kyle Fletcher interesting in that department and Shingo versus Hanari once again another interesting match the 11th is now the second round so you would have the winner of Sonata and Taichi facing Kenta you have the winner of Naito and ELP facing Chase Owens on the 12th the Fletcher Yoshihashi winner faces Goto. Shingo Hanari winner faces Tamatanga on the 15th you have David Finley and Ishii winner facing Great Okan. The Shoto Umino, Yujiro Takahashi winner facing Zack Sabre Jr. The 17th and 18th are the quarterfinals. The 19th, the semifinals, and the 21st is the final match. And then the winner of the New Japan Cup will face, presumably, Kazucha Okada on was at April 8th at the Segura Genesis Show. Now, once again... A lot of names thrown up there, way, uh, thrown your way. We're going to put you on the spot again. Actually, I'll go first. I'll give you sh- some time to think about it. I'll put myself on the spot first because I was the one thinking about it. Who's actually going to win? Who am I going to put my little money on their horse to win? Tai Chi is somebody that we talked about before, and I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I think it, we kind of said it was. It feels like it should be someone that needs to be elevated to that next level. I'm going to pick somebody that's already at that level, but just kind of feels like he's been forgotten for a little bit. But now that he's back, I think this is somebody that could win this whole damn thing, and he has a first-round bye. I like Jeff Cobb in this. Jeff Cobb's been kind of off the radar yeah. for a little bit. Um, he has. He's one that has a win over Okada, obviously. And it's someone that can legitimately go into that uh, Genesis match on the the eighth of Feb or eighth of uh, April, 
and you could put them against Okada and feel like he has a legitimate chance to win this match. So my pre-tournament pick for the New Japan Cup, I'm taking Jeff Cobb. I think that's a great pick. And I am actually, <laughs> I didn't really have to think about this too much. I'm picking, I'm, I'm picking one David Finley. Let's fucking go, baby. Strap the rocket to him. And, you know, obviously we talked, you know, last time, guys like Tai Chi, ELP. Um, I think we've thrown out Cobb and Ocon as well. Um, but now after what Finley did, like, I think, you know, picking him to win is still a little bit bold. But, again, he had that nice run in the G1. He's been a New Japan Cup semifinalist before. And just, like, th- there's so much intrigue in this bracket. Let's just talk through some of this. So, like, we could have Osprey versus Cobb. Mm-hmm. We could have Osprey versus Mark Davis. Mm-hmm. We could have Goto and Yoshihashi. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just, a lo- just a lot of fucking intriguing matches even Sonata Taichi is a first round match like those two and I want to pose this because those two have kind of been like frenemies of late and they're both came up through the all Japan system could we see at one point Sonata join just three guys or just four guys because mm. Sonata's a guy that's gotten a little lost in the shuffle of late he could definitely use a fresh coat of paint that group needs another heavyweight because it's Two juniors and Tai Chi. I'm not even counting Taka because he's yeah, kind yeah. of more of a ma- more of a manager figure. But Agreed. just going out on a limb here, and I don't know if it would happen anytime soon, but I could see that as a potential at some point in this year. But I think that's an intriguing first round matchup that I do believe Tai Chi will win. Um, hell, even ELP versus Naito in the yeah. first round. Yeah. Like, let's fucking go. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, the possibility of I believe Tama versus Shingo, which I could see Tama getting that win because, you know, if thinking Finley is a winner, like Finley's already beaten Shingo, I highly doubt they'd put him over him again. So I'm going to say a final four of Tama Tonga, um, David Finley, Jeff Cobb, and Taichi. With, I'll go, uh, I'll say Finley over Tai Chi in the finals, but uh, man, I think there's a lot of shit that could happen in this tournament. Definitely, I think there's a decent chance. There's a decent chance that Yano beats Osprey. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! Be- I mean, it's, it's it's he's in that position. To, like I was saying with Julia, it's like it's tough for him to take an L. But say what you will about Yano is he can beat anybody on any day. And I could just see – I could see Osprey bowing out like that as opposed to, like, losing an epic against Jeff Cobb, and maybe they don't want to go that route yet. But <laughs> I don't know because I think Osprey is so intriguing in this because he's not going to win. It's too early for him to win this and challenge Okada again. We know that. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's Cobb, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just preparing you for that possibility. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I held that in as long as I could. <laughs> if that happens, man, I'm going to. Be, you are going to hear like the 
just <laughs> yelp of yelps or whatever morning that is. I would be so fucking pissed off. But I agree. My buddy Azar was the one who first implanted it into my head. Come and on, I'm like, Azar, what are you doing, dude? You I'm like, oh, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. If you you guys talk this into existence, I swear to God, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. I agree with you, though. It's too early for Will Ospreay to get this chance. If this needs to be more towards the end of the year, if he wins the G1, okay, fair enough. I can totally go with that. He's already won New Japan Cup. He can win the G1, and we can mark use that as the springboard to the Okada Osprey uh, Wrestle Kingdom match, which would make all the sense in the world. It's a perfect uh, showcase to do it, and I'm okay with that. Um, like I said, for me, this has to be somebody that you can put against Okada right now and have them as a credible threat. Jeff Cobb is as good as it gets. What would you think about David Finley in that spot? Like, you know, he gave gave Osprey everything he could handle, you know? So I think that match at least proved that he could hang. But it'd just be very interesting to see Okada as champ kind of as a heel against this new heel asshole David Finley who just, like, breeze through the not breeze but charge through the new japan cup mm-hmm. yeah maybe it's maybe it's a little bit bold but fuck i'd love to see it i don't think it's that bold like i said he has ishii on the sixth he would face great okine afterwards if he wins that match i think those i mean are- it's a tough road and then likely zsj i mean maybe you let shota upset him you know that's the beauty of the New Japan Cup is there's going to be upsets. upsets for sure, and those upsets are going to lead to eventual title matches at the the, the uh, Genesis card. Um, I would not be surprised to see David Finley have a deep run. I would be a little, a little surprised if he won it all. But you, yeah, but you've given enough of a reason why you've you could see it coming they've at least built a foundation of you know he had this deep run in the new japan cup he had these deep you know won some matches in the g1 beat some guys you probably think you shouldn't have been beaten whatever the case may be neither here nor there he's here now so now i think the next step is at least a a final four run for david family he has to do what he's done the last time in in the new japan cup and get to the semifinals he gets to the finals i agree I agree. Yeah, I think it's a minimum semifinal run for him. Like, when, and when I first looked at the bracket, like other than the Osprey question, it was the Shingo question. Because mm. that's another guy that, you know, it doesn't take a lot of L's, you know. And I'm thinking, who the hell is going to beat Shingo in this thing? And frankly, he's not going to win either because he just challenged Okada. Right. So that's why I think Tama. You know, Tama's hot. He's a champ. I think Tama could beat Shingo here. Like. It's really the only person that makes sense unless, you know, assuming because I'm picking Finley to come out of that bottom portion. Like, right. I just don't see them putting Finley over Shingo twice in a year, you know, within a year. So I could that that's going to be a big I call it an upset pick. Tama over Shingo for me. I would call um, it an upset pick for sure. I was going to say Shingo yeah. a former world champion. Let's call her for what it is. Yeah. And again, the, the battle of Bishamon. <laughs> which who knows they may or may not be tag champs at that point but i believe it was the 2021 g1 goto started out like zero and four zero and five and he and yoshihashi had a fucking amazing match like yoshihashi was almost like bullying goto and like doing his moves and i do remember goto, that ended, a bit. goto ended up getting the win but 
bring it on. Those, like seeing those two guys beat the piss out of each other would be a blast. But uh, yeah, Ren Narita versus Evil God will be cheering hard for our boy in that one. Oh shit! Um, and like the possibility of Ren versus Jeff Cobb, like that match would be fucking tight. So. Yeah, man, there's just a lot of intriguing matchups and storyline potentials, uh, and I can't wait. Ditto, ditto. All right, a um, couple other things before we get up out of here. You want to talk the homework assignment? You want to talk TJP first? Uh, we'll go with TJP and then finish off with uh, little Kenta Nakajima. So, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pressure, Tokyo. Joshi Pro Wrestling had their Max Hart Tournament Final. Uh, I guess that was the 11th, sounds right, of February. Feels right. Um, If I'm not mistaken, you had Shoto Nakajima and Hyper Masato versus Makito and uh, Mio Yamashita. Um, Winners, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but the winners get the tag title match versus Wasteland War Party. God bless them. God bless (laughs) the winner. Um, (laughs) The winners in this scenario, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but those who haven't watched it, uh, Yamashita and Makito defeat uh, Shoka Nakajima and uh, me, Hyper Masato. (laughs) I cannot talk today for shit to win. I think we both picked them too at one point, like after the first round, maybe we're like, yeah, that seems like the team that'll win. And what a unique combination Maki and Miyu are. And man, that's going to be a fucking interesting match. Um, to say the least. Against, yeah. Wasteland war party. <laughs> um, I think that would, I think, that's probably going to be on their Grand Princess show. I think they announced that yeah. as the March 18th is the date. Sounds right. It's the 18th or the 19th. It's one or the other. Yeah. Um, that uh, – and Yuka Sakazaki awesome. and uh, Mizuki should probably be on that Grand Princess final. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, I thought this match was great. I mm-hmm. thought the tournament was a lot of fun overall. I went four and a half stars on this. I just thought they all fucking brought it, you know – did not know, you know, through the course of the match who was going to get the W. I fucking love Miyu Yamashita, man. Just from the, like, her entrance is fucking badass. She's just got, she's got that it factor. That was just getting racing. And she's got it. And I hate that, not hate, but like when she came over to America to challenge Thunder Rosa, the match didn't quite click. Nah. I know she's coming back to America. She's mm-hmm. going to be on a pro wrestling revolver show up here in Dayton. Um, I'm sure she might come back to AEW, um, but yeah, fucking love her. Obviously, Maki Ito, you know, she's a ball of charisma. God damn it. That girl's like, a what, what else can you say about her? Yeah, she's fucking awesome. And yeah, we talked about Hyper Masawa in the past, so it's like, we don't know what the hell she's saying or doing, but she's <laughs> magnetic and always a fun watch, and Shoko Nakajima's, you know, one of the stalwarts of TJP Dub, never lets you down, but yeah, I I was locked into this match, and uh, yeah, as I said earlier, TJP Dubs on a nice roll, and yeah, I was really engaged throughout this whole tournament. And good shit. Yeah, I gave it four and a quarter stars. I thought it was like you said, everything you said, I'd have to agree with. I, I really, the one thing I don't like about, and I, I and this is very just me, I, I guess, as a lack of. <sighs> I, I won't say I don't like it. I just wish they would do more of it. Storm is a t- and it has a ton of factions, units, whatever you want to call them. 
TJP Dub should be doing kind of the same thing. So I mean, yeah. there's certain there's certain women that you always see together. You know, Makito, Yamashita, always together. Uh, Mizuki and uh, Yuka Sasaki, always together. Hell, they were tag team champs at one point. You know, I just wish that they would be like, if if it wasn't like four or five, just have like one. One true blue faction. That way you can have rotating storylines around that faction, however you want to do it. Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the product. It's just me wishing that they would do X instead of doing Y. Does Y yeah. work for them? Yeah, it works because Y, I watch it. So that's the reason why it works. So if it didn't, I wouldn't be watching it. But like I said, for me, it's the one thing that I wish that TJPW would do that they don't do is just have a faction or two. Yeah, I feel you there. And I want to just bring up one other match from this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we had talked about her previously, but Janai Kai and Hikari Noah against Rika Tatsumi and Yuki Aino. So this was, I believe, Janai Kai's first match in TJPW, and they gave her the spotlight. You yeah. know, like, they they put her over big time. She was in the ring a lot. She looked really good. And I know you haven't watched it yet. I watched it right before we recorded, but her performance earned her a shot at Miyu Watanabe's Princess, or what is the? International Princess. 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 Interna- International Princess. Uh, which that was a very solid match as well. I know you'll watch it at some point, but I just I, I really I really liked how they let Janai Kai kind of shine and gave her the spotlight, and I was really impressed with her in that match. She's someone that uh, I've at least heard of multiple times here in promotions AW, obviously, but there, there's another one I think it's. Uh, Women's Combat Army or something along those lines. It's on. Um, Pro Wrestling TV, they have their own channel. So if you have Pro Wrestling TV, you can check it out for yourself and see some of her her matches. So there, for me, I knew I've heard of her. There's hype around her, but now that you said that, I definitely want to check this out because I think her versus uh, <laughs> me one time would be would be very very interesting to say the least. Yeah, either somebody's getting their head kicked off or somebody's getting swung into the fifteenth row. One or the other is going to happen. So in that scenario, I would think that it's it's intriguing just to see that match, and it's good. To, to have, you know, people, uh, for lack of a better word, imports coming into Japan and ha- having these good matches because I think the spotlight getting on TJPW just only helps everybody involved, whether you like women's wrestling or just wrestling in general. The fact that you can get people to come back over to Japan and have these good matches and then have, you know, the Japanese stars come over to America and do the same thing. It's almost back to the way it was pre-pandemic, not exactly the way it was, but close enough to where now wrestling feels like wrestling again. And that's, to me, that's a huge thing. You know, clap crowds were cool. Cheering crowds are so much better. You know, you can have these dream matches again oh, where, you know, you got Mercedes Monet as the champion. You can have her run around the, the world and have these great matches. So, yeah, in this scenario, I just think that TJPW is one of those promotions on the rise. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, check it out, man. It, it, more times than not, their shows are like an hour and a half. It's it's less than Raw. You know, it's twice. Yeah, it's, it's a it's half fun. of Raw. It's a half of Raw. If you can go through a three-hour <laughs> slug of Raw, you can go through a show of TJP Dub and be really, really amused and entertained all in the same value. But before we leave, 
we always have, at least lately, we're having a homework assignment, and Brett dropped in a homework assignment for me a couple weeks ago, which had me laughing immediately off the bat because he showed me this clip on our text thread of two guys kicking the shit out of each other and then one guy jumping up and kicking the shit out of the other. And that was about the first 15 seconds of the match. And that's when I knew <laughs> right then and there. I was like, well, fuck it. I was going to take a nap, but eh, let me smoke this shit. And let's watch this match. Brett Jager, set this shit up, my friend. Yeah, so I was just pulling it up. It is from Noah, the second navigation, 2009, night seven. It is Katsuhiko Nakajima defending his GHC, newly won GHC junior heavyweight. So he had beat Kenta like the month prior right. in Diamond Ring for the match or for the belt that was like a 38 minute crazy match as well. So this was actually a rematch from like three weeks prior. And uh, yeah, you could tell they had some beef together. And. <laughs> <laughs> Match went 25-45. Kenta picked up the victory in just breathtaking sequences. Striking, kicking, I mean, so many kicks. Crowd is going fucking bonkers down the stretch. So many insane near falls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the last five minutes, it's like, what the hell is going on? Who the hell's going to win? The crowd's <laughs> off their ass. Yeah, I've probably watched this match six or seven times. It's a top 50 for me. It's a five star for me. I know you didn't quite go that high, but it, this is a match that like truly made me fall in love with Nakajima. I think I first saw this, you know, early on in the pandemic when I was just digging deep and finding a bunch of crazy shit. Um, but yeah, I believe, was this your first time seeing both these guys like in this era, you know, young, young Nakajima, like you said, you can barely even recognize them. And then Young Kenta was just a fucking machine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Now, this was the first time I had seen this match, obviously. And that's the reason why I love the homework assignment. Is, is it opens up new doors and shows me matches I never even knew it existed. So obviously, as I start the, the match, uh, T.I., uh, what, yeah. what you know about that comes on. And I'm like... Yeah. Do I need a radio on or something? What the fuck? Who the fuck is coming out to T.I.? So it's Kenta coming out to T.I. I'm like, okay, now see, I already like this motherfucker to begin with. Now I really like this motherfucker even more so. So that, for me, was like the tone setter of the match. Nakajima comes out, and I'm like, I'm looking at him like, are you sure that? So, of course, I'm going to YouTube. Like, is this the same? Is this the right match? Yeah. I might fuck this up. It doesn't look anything like the no. Nakajima that I know and love today. So, of course, I'm like a little confused because I'm banking. I'm watching but the match. But he still fights like him. That's for oh, damn sure. without <laughs> question. That was the other thing I wanted to say, that Kenta of the 2009 Kenta felt like more of the high-flyer Kenta, the Kenta that people, that Fred Rosser was referring to or referencing in some of his promos that you know this was the Kenta of then the Kenta of now 2023 much more grounded much more striking kicks whatever the case may be Nakajima is the same dude okay yeah. he just is kicking the living shit out of Kenta at certain points where I'm just like you know I'm wincing at some of these moves like ugh, ugh. <laughs> okay yeah. god damn Nakajima Ouchie. yeah Nakajima works the leg the knee 
pretty much throughout the match. That was a, a running uh, storyline into itself to where Kenta was trying to, to, to do the go to sleep, couldn't get it at one point because he couldn't hold the weight, tried it at another point, hit it, but then couldn't get the pin because he used the knee that was getting worked all throughout the match. Yeah, this that was, was awesome. This yeah. was really, really good. Just a, a simple fact because I had never seen it, and it didn't take long for me to get invested into it. Like I said, the first 15, 15 seconds, seconds. Is, <laughs> is these two guys kicking each other. Nakajima jumped, hits the ropes, and fucking Kenta jumps up and kicks the shit out in midair flight. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Brett's like, you've got to watch this match. And like I said, I was getting ready to take a nap before Monday Night Raw, and I was like, eh, you know what? I think I can watch this for 30 minutes. I have no problem with this. This is a really good match. I gave it four and a half stars. I probably should have gave it four and a three quarter stars because it was really, really that good. I've watched it twice already, and I've enjoyed it both oh, times. Oh, nice. Hell so that, yeah. That's, that's Hell the sign yeah. to me where if I watch it a second time, yeah. that's a sign where I'm just like, man, this shit is good. And it's it's entertaining. It's hard-hitting. It's Kenta not even being funny, but it's he oh, still no. has his moments where it's like you can see the comedy is there, but he just doesn't bring it out, which is neither here nor there. I thought the match itself was perfect for in the sense of just knowing the context itself. You have Nakajima just getting the title back. He's beat Kenta, and now Kenta's getting the rematch, and now Kenta's won the title. Shit, like I said, another good reason, of a good sign of how much I like this match, I want to see what happens next. So that to yeah. me was like, okay, so what happens now? So yeah. Kenta goes up the ramp and he gets jumps up by some random, you know, hooded stranger. And I'm just like, who the fuck just jumped Kenta? And I'm texting Brett. I'm like, okay, so the guy that and I, jumped Kenta? I'll admit, I didn't, I didn't even go back and watch it again, so I can't even remember. To, I'll give you that answer next time. I'm like, okay, so who's this guy that jumped Kenta? He's like, I don't know. I didn't watch that far. I'm like, you motherfucker. How you not go watch? Have you not seen NXT before? You wait until the screen goes completely black. And then you turn it off. You just don't turn it off after the bell wine. You know, let, let's see Kenta's, you know, victory lap. You know, shit like that. So Kenta goes up the ramp, like I said. He gets jumped by some hooded stranger. Nobody knows who he is at this point. Hopefully you on the next episode. We will identify that stranger with uh, and figure out what happens next. But neither here nor there. All right. I think that should wrap it up for the evening. Um, a lot of ground to cover. A lot of ground Hell to yeah. cover coming up. Like I said, um, Stardom's three, four shows coming up here in a little bit. Something to watch out for. Um, New Japan Cup on the 5th. Something to watch out for. Cinderella Tournament on the 26th of March. Something else to watch out for. You just thought this thing was going to slow down? Uh-uh, baby. We just keeping this thing grinding. We going to fly uh -oh. and watch it all <laughs> unfold. For my man, Brett Jager, I'm your humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell. And this is the Rich Swan endorsed Phoenix Splash podcast. He don't know he endorsed it yet, but since he does the move, we going to go ahead and say he endorsed it. For the next time about peoples, we will see you then. I will bid you all adieu. God bless you. Good night. Go home. Do whatever it is when you go home and you're not listening to our podcast. I'm not sure what it is. Go watch some wrestling. Shit. Do something fun. Brett, I'll holler at you, my brother. Yeah. See ya. All right. Hell yeah, man. <laughs>